Yo, what's good, everybody? It's me, your boy, Benjamin Banks, and this is Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And we just witnessed history. This episode, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania. That's right. We're going to be talking about Kofi Mania. That's, hey, that's the name. That's what we name in the episode. Bro, I'm so hyped. I forgot to introduce you. Let me rewind. <laughs> let me rewind real quick. I, hey, I'm the, I don't need no You don't need no introduction. Bro. Oh, you like Scott Hall. You that's like. Right. Hey, you, hold on. Hey, hey yo. <laughs> What's good, Travi? I'm good, man. What a weekend. I know, man. I'm tired. Yeah. I just woke up. Literally. I Literally. just woke up. Just woke up. But again, like I was saying, this is going to be a WrestleMania episode. And for this episode, we brought on our very good friend, James Brown from the band Accident Prone. What's good, James? What's good, y'all? Thank you for having me. These are two of my best friends. This is really cool to be on a podcast with them. And they're two of the people that I two people that I know that. I feel like actually are on my level of the nerdum of wrestling. So it's a great privilege to just be doing this with them. Bro, this dude put, put, put us put both over. over. <laughs> well, you know, I was about to put myself and James over, but I was just like, you know what? I'm too happy. I ain't gonna bring I ain't gonna say nothing about Trav. There we go. I ain't gonna say nothing about Trav, man. I love everybody in this room right now. Oh hey, yeah. Hey, just to let everybody know, your boy got his shirt off. Because you know what I said. All 2019 is shirts, shirts off, off banks. banks you baby. know what it is, baby. So yeah, so let's get into this weekend. Oh, hold on. Let's let them oh, know. Let's let them know right now. We're sitting here watching watching raw mm-hmm. yeah raw, the, raw, the raw after me hold on raw is what though nothing no more it's, are we watching monday night raw monday night raw okay because you mm-hmm. got to explain because you saying we watching raw they might think you talking about eddie murphy's raw well, you know what i'm saying so that's why you got to be specific okay we're watching monday night raw don't do it don't do it travis think about your family think about your kids he's a grandpa <laughs> Yeah, man, we watching Raw right now, and uh, it's good so far. We yeah, no, see, it is we good did, so far. I just, I just got here, so I was able to see uh, Lars Sullivan. He debuted finally on the roster. That's awesome. I don't know what happened before. What happened before I got here? So, um, it started. They already had announced they were starting the show with Seth. Okay. So Seth comes out and um, he's talking. Then all of a sudden, the New Day music hits. Oh. And the cool thing is when Big E does his norm, you know, give it up for your five-time tag team champs. And everybody started saying the next line, but he, he didn't say nothing. And then he went, and your new Ooh, WWE, WWE World Heavyweight, Heavyweight Champion. Champion. Feel the power. It's a, it's new, a new day. day. Yes, it, it is. is. Doom. And, bro, doom, doom. they came out. And like Kofi, you know, because he wears it around his waist. Yeah, he put his arms out. Crowd went bananas, bro. Like the Gwen Stefani song. Yes. Okay. I mean, they went ham. They skipped down to the ring. Kofi Did challenged them. Did they have pancakes? Them. Nope. What? Kofi challenged them to title versus title. Hold on, Rondell. You lying right now? They have. They stopped. Uh, the pancake thing is done for them. Why? It's just old now for them. No, it's not. For them. Like, they're ready to move on to something else. They always move on to something else, bro. Yeah, I, they do. They always reinvent themselves. Okay, I, I'll give you when that. When I saw that there was no pancakes at Mania, I said, okay, yeah, the I noticed that too. Yeah, over. there wasn't any pancakes. I even thought it was going to be some pancakes in the box, but it was t-shirts. I honestly thought they were going to have a little bit more elaborate 
entrance. Nah, hold on, Rondell. Last night, let's let's rewind it back to last night. This dude Trav kept on saying that Hulk Hogan was going to be in the box. Like, how would Hulk Hogan physically be in the box? <laughs> it man? was a troll. Though. No, it won't no troll. You was being serious, James. What else was this guy saying last night? Travis? Yeah, about about Kofi and that match. Oh, he was very. Uh pessimistic on the fact that Kofi might win the title. He was assuming Vince was going to screw him over, which I don't blame Travis because, you know, I historically... Trust, I don't trust Vince. Exactly. Black wrestlers have been screwed uh, out of title opportunities. Uh, probably the most the the most uh, remembered one is probably Booker T uh, losing to Triple H. There's a lot of fans that are still salty about that and yes. still bring that up. And, but that's uh, still that people like bring that up, but it's that still wasn't for the WWE championship. Oh yeah, yeah, that it was, was the just world the world heavy. So it still would have been the same situation that we're in now, where there still wouldn't have been a black WWE champion. champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, James, what I was looking for was when this dude Travis kept on saying that Big E was going to turn is, on Kofi in the uh, match. Yeah, Look, that he kept saying Xavier Woods oof. was going to do something. I'm no, like, no, bro. I, didn't, I said that Big E was. I right, this is what I said. <laughs> the ref was going to count the one, two, three. Big E was going to pull the ref out the ring, and Xavier Woods was going to be like, "What the hell, man?" And then Big E was going to pull the turn, and Daniel Bryan would win the match. And once again, it's because I don't trust them. It was placed weird on the card. What you What you mean you don't trust? Says, what you mean you don't trust him? Like Vince you don't McMahon. trust Biggie? <laughs> I don't trust Vince McMahon. Okay, all right, I'm just making sure because I don't trust them to give us what we want. And exactly, last night yeah. they gave us what we want every match. So it's just like the Spice Girl song. Yes. Tell me what you want. What you really, really want? I'll tell you. And what was it? What it, was it? Well, it was Kofi winning. It was Becky Lynch winning. And it was Seth winning. Okay. Yeah. I can't believe that. I'm still shocked Vince signed off on all three belts changing hands. Yeah. Has that ever happened at a Mania before? I can't remember. I don't remember, but what I will say is uh, they gave us some stuff that wasn't fan service, uh, particularly Baron Corbin angle. Um trying to think of if i can think of anything else besides that that uh might have left a bad taste in people's mouth but i can't really think well, of anything i, I else. expected corbin to win only because well it, it wasn't even winning it was no one expected the match to actually happen right. yeah everybody was expecting because even baron corbin made a uh, joke saying you can't see me during the oh, match dude that that made a lot of people sad that low-key made me upset but this like, is what that's what baron corbin does is he takes like the tweets yeah. and like he'll dish him right back like he sees baron corbin sees that stuff he's very sensitive oh yeah it bugs him which is why he shaved the head which is why he wears the shirt like those things bug him deep down what so he saw the john cena stuff but at the end of the day kurt angle signed off on having the match i'll say this about baron corbin and the reason why i like him is that he is truly a traditional heel like nobody likes him everybody hates him and that's what a heel is supposed to be a heel is supposed to be somebody that you hate it's like in today's world there are a lot of heels out there that get cheered by the fans and as a heel you're not supposed to be looking for fans to cheer for you it's like everybody wants to be a cool heel and baron mm -hmm. corbin isn't a cool heel he's your traditional heel that everybody hates look yeah. how many people hated the fact that he beat 
Kurt Angle last night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So it's like that's what I like about Baron Corbin, and I love the fact that like he goes in on people on Twitter. It's like he doesn't take anything from anybody. You know, it's like some. Well, he does because he's very self conscious. He literally yeah, started yeah, wearing yeah, his yeah, shirt. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm he saying. He shaved his head. He shaved the head. He put like, on the shirt. He's a baby. It really bugs him <laughs> deep down. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I mean, like everything else, it's like people was trashing him because it's like this whole Kurt Angle match and everything. Like it's still, it's like looking at it, it's a huge honor for him because it's like I'm wrestling Kurt Angle in his final match. Oh yeah, of course. You know and obviously, saying? it's one of two things: either Kurt and I think James brought this up last night, either Kurt sees something in Baron Corbin, or. Kurt Angle has fallen so low that he has become a complete yes man and will do anything that Vince asks of him. I just think he sees something in Baron Corbin. That's that's honestly my honest opinion on it. I think that he sees something in him. All right, so, and they're both bald, too. <laughs> there we go. So let's rewind back to Friday night. Hold on. Do you want me to rewind? Yes, do the rewind. do 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 Friday night. Police Academy. Friday night. <laughs> sitting at my house. I got my boy James over. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't I got invited. my sister Mandy over. I invited you. You said you what your intentions were to clean. Which they were. <laughs> and our boy Josh Gold came <laughs> my over. <intentions. laughs> and we watched NXT TakeOver. And I want to spend a little bit of time on that. And I'll let James Start with Takeover? Yeah, start with Takeover a little bit. Okay, cool. So Friday night, uh, it was NXT TakeOver. Uh, a lot of the fans, I would say, in the underground picked that as the best show of the weekend out of all three. Oh, yeah. Uh, started out with a awesome tag team match. You had War Raiders versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. Uh, in that match, War Raiders went over. They had an amazing entrance. Uh awesome way to send out ricochet and alistair they got a nice little send out from the crowd whole crowd was uh hot for them saying you deserve it basically this was their this was their swan song it was also really cool for war raiders because uh anytime they get in a match where they're with uh acrobatic people who can flip around like alistair and ricochet they like to show off, particularly the bigger guy. Uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, but they like to show that they can do flips and stuff too. Like they don't want to be typecast as stereotypes. Rose, the bigger Rose, the smaller one, right? Hanson's the bigger guy with the oh, big yeah, beard. Oh yeah, Hanson. Yeah, Hanson's the bigger guy. And yeah, they they like to show off that they can flip too. And they were doing their thing. They were hanging with Ricochet. Dude, Hanson's amazing. He is. He's amazing. They're very fun to watch. There's a reason they've been over everywhere they've went. New Japan. They were top guys and yeah so that's how the show started awesome tag match and then after that i think we had uh we had matt riddle versus velveteen which is in my opinion the second best match of the night uh this was a very surprising match because even though velveteen every match he's been in the ring for in a takeover the past several takeovers have been five stars or borderline five stars we've never seen matt riddle have his takeover shining moment He's never gotten a chance to blow away people in NXT. Uh, with Matt Riddle, he, his couple of takeover appearances have been really quick matches versus Cassius Ono, which are very forgettable. Uh, so, yeah, we got to see this. Matt Riddle shined. Uh, they gave they gave Matt Riddle the rub most of the match, letting Velveteen take a lot of the punishment because Velveteen has shined for seven takeovers straight. We don't need to see 
Velveteen doing Velveteen's proved himself. He's one of the top wrestlers in the world oh, yeah. at a very young age, early twenties. And uh but no, we got to see Matt Riddle shine. Uh had an amazing uh German suplex from uh taking Velveteen Dream from outside of the ring while he was inside of the ring and dropping Velveteen on his neck. We all thought Velveteen was dead. And uh uh, just just a and bunch of great grapples. Too, like, yeah. Maybe not dead, but I legit thought he was knocked out. Oh, yeah. It, it looked crazy, but it looked like cool. It didn't look sloppy or anything. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, even though Matt Riddle got to shine the whole match, Velveteen got to retain his title that he hasn't had that long in the North American champion. They both got something out of the match. Even though Velveteen didn't uh, blow us out of the water with his usual range of... Uh, five-star maneuvers he had a lot of great old school storytelling did a lot of throwback moves busted out the hogan moves the crowd always loves when velveteen busts out the hogan moves it's kind of like he's taking something that was maybe maybe a certain type of people were soured on yeah and he's reclaiming it and making it ours uh, kind of like, kind of like Kanye tried to do with the Confederate flag, but this was way better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Velveteen did his did his couple of Hogan moves and just made Matt Riddle look like a million bucks. So that match was fantastic. Matt Riddle is my unsung hero of the night. He was the person who shined the most that we didn't expect to shine. Uh, after that, next was uh, the. Uh, we had Walter versus Pete Dunn, which a lot of people predicted would be the match of the night. Two amazing wrestlers who've already had five-star matches in different promotions. Uh, and well, according me, to certain people, it was the match oh, yeah. of the night, let alone <laughs> one of the greatest matches of the year. Yeah. Uh, me and Travis, we and all most of the people we associate just thought the match was mediocre for the level of wrestlers that they are. But... Uh, what what I noticed and I brought up to Travis is that a lot of the UK fans across the world, uh, especially publications like WrestleTalk, etc., soon as they got done seeing the match, were automatically saying that was a match of the year contender, that was a five star match, and we were just like, were we watching the same, same match? Because it's like it was the only match of the night with obvious botch points. So yeah, Not that we it don't wasn't get a it. good match. Oh yeah, it was still a fantastic match. It it's was just... the worst match on the card. Yes, though. I agree. Travis brings up a great point. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they had a pretty cool match. Uh, my only complaint was it was really the only match where there was noticeable botches. Every other match, like I can't remember or think of any noticeable botch spots. Uh, they had. And also, not only that, but these guys have already had five-star matches in UK promotions. Yeah. So this was the m- worst match they've ever had. So that's another thing that makes it a little weird. Uh, but overall, it was a pretty good match. Uh, there's this new thing with indie wrestling now where if you have a smaller guy who can flip around, the big guy always likes to show, well, I can do that too. So, you know, Walter got off, got his couple flips in. And I will admit, like, you know, like, you see someone like Walter, you don't expect him. It caught me off guard. I've never seen him do it before. I've seen him do it before, but it's just like, uh, yeah, you don't expect someone that big to be able to maneuver the way Walter does. So, yeah, that match was probably the worst uh, match on the card, but definitely far from the worst match of the weekend. If it was on a different card. It might have been the best match on the card. Exactly. So, yeah, very good point. And now the next match we're about to talk about is very interesting because great match, but just not put in the best spot. And that is the women's four-way. Women's four-way, these are four of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. Bianca Belair, uh, ex-military, ex-track star, athlete, 
uh, student athlete, amazing physique, strong, fast. And this woman is just, she's just amazing. She's a, she's a athletic freak. And, uh, so she's great. But then you have two of the best actual women's wrestlers, wrestlers in the world. And that's Kyrie Singh, who's one of the top ranked wrestlers out of all male or female in the world. And, uh, Iro Shirai, who's basically, I call her the women's Rey Mysterio. Like, if Rey Mysterio was a girl, that's Iro Shirai. She grew up looking up to Rey Mysterio. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes, she's fun to watch maneuver. And then the last woman in the match, uh, Shayna Baszler, ex-UFC. She, was, she came in as your NXT champion. Super legit. Super legit. Uh, she uh, came in uh, as the champion. Uh, uh, her, her running mates... Uh, walked her out there, Jessam Duke and Marina Shafir. Uh, they didn't come down to the ring with her, but they walked her out there, let her go. They had an amazing four-way match, but it suffered slightly from uh, the spot because at this point, everyone was just so hype on, I need to see Gargano Cole, like, please hurry up and put this match on now. But, the yeah, they... They did a great job for the spot they were put in. These are four of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and I can't say enough good things about them. And now we're going to get down to the main course, and that is Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, the two best wrestlers on NXT, two of the best wrestlers on the in the world, and this was by far the match of the weekend. Like, you go to any blog, any publication... It might have not been the moment of the weekend because, you know, there are some big matches. People won prestigious titles. But if you're just talking straight up a wrestling match, storytelling, maneuvers, man, we got spoiled by Gargano Cole. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit on your opinions of this match, Travis? Uh I'm, I said it before. I'm going to say it again right here live on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. This was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my wrestling life. Fantastic. Um, it had everything you want. It had the high spots you want. Yep. It it was fast paced. It was slow. You got emotionally invested. You had all of them come out. They tried to screw Gargano so many times. He overcame every one of them. Got at the cool part to me was it was two out of three falls match. He made Gar- he made Adam Cole tap out twice. Mm. What's his uh, lock called? Uh, the Gorgano Escape. Made him tap twice to it, which I thought was super cool. And if you remember, at the beginning of this match, they were booing Johnny out the building. For real? Like surprisingly, yeah. It's I know it, I, total surprise. It had that Rock Hogan feel where I didn't expect anybody to boo Adam Cole because it's Adam Cole, baby. But it's- I didn't expect it to be. I didn't expect Johnny to get booze, but by the end of the match, when Johnny won that match, they were all on their feet like, Johnny, yep. Johnny. So that's how good Adam Cole is, is that they went from loving him to so happy he lost at the end of the match to the very next day, we're back to loving him again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how oh, yeah. good, that's why Adam Cole is the best wrestler in the world right now, in my opinion. That That's a really cool take. Uh, something I bring up to both of... Uh, uh, my two buddies I'm sitting here with right now is that uh, Adam Cole is one of the few people in the world that always has a top spot in every company mm-hmm. that doesn't do a million high spots. His style of wrestling is very uh, old school mixed with a little bit of new school. He has the new school striking and strong style techniques, but he's very big on selling stuff like uh, 
Sorry. <laughs> he's very big on making other people shine, look like a million bucks when he's in the ring with all these high spots people. The spots that he does, he's very good at building them up and just making them seem like he's giving you way more than you think he is. Uh, the way he'll deliver something like a power strike or a slam and the reactions he gets from these old school things that he does is on the level of what some people get for doing a crazy somersault 630 off of the top rope. Like Adam Cole, uh, there's just something special about him. He has the charisma, the facial expressions. He doesn't have to do a whole lot to get a whole lot back. He's a great storyteller. And, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Adam Cole. My favorite part of this match, though, uh, when it comes to Adam Cole, is that uh, we know how he is. He's always kind of more leaning toward the old school style and making everybody else look good. That's how he's wrestled in most of his matches on NXT, particularly against Aleister and Ricochet. But in this match... This was slightly a coming out party in NXT for Adam Cole because he was in the ring with, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, Johnny Gargano. I have him as top three. This man can literally not wrestle a bad match. Yeah. Like, I, you know, he, he might not do all the flips that someone like uh, Omega or the Young Bucks can do, but this guy can tell a story, he can grapple, and he can wrestle, and he can't have a bad match. And, uh, so, yeah, Adams Cole is in the, re- in the ring with a wrestler's wrestler who's going to do some fancy grappling moves and some holds and very smooth. And so you're wondering, you know, can Adam Cole, you know, we know Adam Cole can make a cool match out of it, but can he show that? Can he show his wrestling off too? And Adam Cole did. Like, Adam Cole was essentially did the same thing as Matt Riddle on the show, except to a lesser extent. How we came in the match. We knew Velveteen was going to be amazing, but Matt Riddle got to show off what he can do in the ring. Adam Cole really got to show off. Uh, all of his strikes were fantastic. Made Johnny look like a million bucks. His facial expressions. Uh, if I could have one small complaint on the match, it's not even a real complaint. To me, I like it because I don't like perfection. I don't like matches being choreographed. If I had to have, if I had to be slightly pessimistic, I would say uh, a lot of people on the blogs, friends, etc., weren't feeling the first two uh the first two pinfalls slash the well the second one was a submission but they weren't feeling the first two like out how of the two they lost three. them like how they got the pin yeah people thought they were abrupt to me the adam cole yeah that was the first right people were thrown off looking back at the match i love it because it made the first 15 minutes to to 15, 15 to 20 minutes very dry and then once they announced that this is the third fall. These two both look at each other. Adam Cole just has maybe the best facial expressions oh, in the yeah, business. Oh, yeah, it was like a restart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once they had made that announcement, it was a whole new match. Crowd was hot the whole match. They're left and right, crazy strikes, super kick spots. Uh, Adam Cole has one of my favorite moves in wrestling right now. Uh, the Panama Sunrise is basically uh, uh, the Canadian Destroyer, but Springboard Canadian Destroyer. It's probably my favorite move in wrestling right now. Uh, Johnny Gargano sold the crap out of it. Johnny had uh, some amazing uh, dives outside the ring, some amazing DDT spots. Oh, another great high point of this match that just put it over. Sometimes in wrestling, uh, stuff happens that you don't want to happen, but it ends up making things 
better, the reality of the situation. And, you know, in this match, Tommaso Ciampa was originally supposed to be the run to wrestle Johnny Gargano, but the storytelling of Ciampa being injured, he was his injury led to both wrestlers, Cole and Gargano, being able to pay homage to Ciampa throughout the match. Adam Cole did uh, Ciampa's special move, fairytale ending, on the table to Johnny Gargano. Fantastic, uh, you know, way to pay homage. Johnny Gargano ended up doing uh, uh, a couple of different uh, Tommaso Champa moves. Uh, one of his submissions. Yeah, and he did the one off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I forget the name of it too. But uh, yeah, they both got to do subtle things, pay homage. Comes down to the last fall. You see Undisputed Era come in, and you're like, this match is too good for it to end like this. Like, I don't want it to end with right. uh, someone interfering. Like, these guys are wrestled too good. They deserve all the credit. And so you think it's going to end like that. But uh, turn of events, some cool spots, and all of a sudden Adam Cole is uh, flipped on top of Undisputed Era. They're all knocked out and is back to one-on-one. Adam Cole hits a couple super kicks into the last shot, and you think that's done. Gargano kicks out. Gargano's honestly one of the top people in the world at kicking out. And, and this era wrestling right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, he's got that Kurt Angle kick out at the very last second feel to him. I mean, it's legitimately the very last second when Gargano kicks out, which makes it even, you rise about your seat. Yeah. So basically that happens. Johnny wins. Johnny finally becomes the guy. Uh, you know, you can make an argument that he's been the guy the past couple of years because he's already main evented several times, even though he hasn't held the title. Also, a lot of uh, you know us fans of underground indie, indie wrestling already believe Adam Cole, he's Adam Cole. He doesn't need the title. Yeah, like I, I said that you know yeah. that I don't. I feel like he comes up before he even wins the NXT title because he just doesn't need to win the title. Johnny needed that title. Uh, uh, something interesting with Johnny is he was rejected a couple of times by NXT. Uh, he was told, you know, he's not good enough. Even when Johnny first started getting hot, when I started liking Johnny, uh, was when him and Champa formed DIY. They were they didn't really form it. They were just put together yeah, by Triple yeah. H and Creative. They formed DIY, but when they formed it, they didn't even have contracts. They were still wrestling on the Indies and in the Dusty Rhodes Classic at the same time. These are two guys who weren't supposed to make it. A lot of these other stars like Adam Cole come in. They already have the credentials. They've been in New Japan. Adam Cole is Ring of Honor champion. And that's how everybody is. And even but when they came in, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. A you lot of these I other mean? stars, yeah. yeah. Gorgano and Champa are two guys who've been mid-carded everywhere they've been. Yeah. And they scratched and clawed and worked their way to the top. And Well, they never got to the top in any other company. Yeah, yeah. Except the, for this one. Which... Yes, correct. This is the first time two amazing wrestlers who've been in the ring with probably any of your favorite re- up-and-coming wrestlers of today. And... Uh, this was Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano have also had matches in PWG and probably a couple other promotions. From the matches I've seen, this was the best match they've had, and it seemed like they needed that uh, they needed that uh, guidance from Sean from Triple H, everyone involved with probably the match coordination of this match to really put them over the top and make this a five, maybe six star match. It was fantastic, and then the best part of it all. They walk up the ramp, and 
Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Uh, you know, they break kayfabe. They console. Well, it's, even before then, though, um, what's her name runs in the Candace, ring. yeah. Which may be one of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. You know what I mean? So for her to come in the ring after Johnny wins and, you know, all of us Marks know, you know, that's his, that's his wife. Yep. And all those things that they get to celebrate that together, get to the end, Ciampa comes out. And you can't hear specifically what Ciampa says to Gargan, but they share like that moment, you know, with whatever he said to him. It's probably something along the lines of like, you deserve this title. Like, you didn't get this title because I'm injured. Yep. You got this title because you, you deserve it. this yeah. title. You know, and, uh, you know, they're tearing up and it, it was the coolest celebration. So cool. That after seeing one of the best matches I've ever seen. Then the celebration, and I once again, Triple H and NXT does it again. Some things are just worth breaking kayfabe. Yes. And that was it. There's probably, like, you know, a five percentile of fans out there who are just super smart works, like, this doesn't make any sense and all this dumb stuff, but... No, not, that was worth not it. Not when this is a man who may not wrestle again. Exactly. Like it's not. It, this is more than wrestling now. Like this wow. is his livelihood. And yeah, look. <laughs> so you know what's crazy is that. Um, first of all, hell of a recap. Yeah. Of NXT. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank, thanks for filling me in, guys. Because. I you missed, basically know I, the whole show yeah, now. I missed NXT, but well, yeah, this is now, some, now I know the whole show, so thank you. Uh, well, yeah. something I, I want to bring that. up about that show. Go ahead. There's only five matches on that whole show. And they weren't. They were all title matches. No. They weren't? No. Matt Riddle. Oh, yes. They, I'm sorry. I lied. They were. They were. They were all title matches. That's but dope. the fact that there was only five matches on that show and WrestleMania had 13? Yeah. 12 or 13? I thought it was 18. Not including the pre-show. I'm talking about the actual show, oh, okay. though. Because okay. the NXT had three matches before the actual TakeOver started. Okay. Which obviously didn't air. Like, I don't know when they'll air those. Probably this week on NXT or whatever the case may be. But five legit matches on the show. They each got a good number of minutes to tell the story. And, I mean... Before going too far into it, it was clearly, for me, the best pay-per-view of WrestleMania weekend. Did, did your head explode? Yeah. I mean, well, I was out of my seat for this Gargano and Adam Cole match. I mean, I got emotional. It Just what a great match. I, I did forget to mention one quick little note. Uh, one of the biggest parts of the show was also... Uh, there was finally a cameo by one of the top wrestlers in the world, Kushida. Oh, yeah! He was uh, one of the top wrestlers in New Japan. And they showed him in the crowd. Yep, they showed his signing, and they showed him in the crowd. And anytime an NXT TakeOver shows someone in the crowd... It's a big deal. It's, yeah, a, it's big a big deal, deal for them. That means that this is the next guy. They showed Edge in the crowd, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But with Kushida, he was one of the top guys in New Japan... Unfortunately, one of the few sad complaints that you can make about New Japan, as great as a company as it is, is that if you're a smaller cruiserweight guy, you're most likely never going to get that main event rub. And Kushida is someone who did everything he could, was junior heavyweight champion several times, one of the best wrestlers in the business. And it honestly seemed like he was never going to be able to move yeah, up to that. Yeah, he hit the ceiling that he could yeah. hit over there as a company. So he's over in WWE now. We're going to see what they do with him. Uh, Triple H and Regal are very... 
very high on him. They were also high on Itami. Yeah, but... I understand the injuries and stuff. Like, obviously, it's up to Itami to get himself to the next level, and yep. he has yet to do that. Oh, I thought I thought Itami, he's done with WWE, right? Now he is. Now, yeah. Now okay, he is. okay. But, but still, I mean, that was three years ago? Four years ago? I mean, he was with WWE was like slash NXT for a hot minute. Well, he got well, injured he was, twice. Yeah. yeah, he was injured. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. And I mean, he was only up on the main roster doing the 205 stuff for two, three months. Yeah. Maybe longer, but it didn't feel like it. Yeah, because him and Finn came in at the same time, man. And it's crazy to see, you know, where Finn went and Tommy because of the injuries. Right. That pretty much held him back. Like, that stopped him from I think it's more than injuries, though. Behind the scenes, they say he was a little hard to work with, too. So. I just don't think he had the connection with the crowd that Finn can have. I mean, yeah, I know I, Finn's got the cool entrance. Yeah, but if Finn had one more long injury, honestly, Finn would honestly be where Atami is. Yeah, because they already soured on him after the first injury. Yeah, he had to work his way to I, get. His I spot. get what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree. Only because I feel like no matter what holds Finn back. He'll bounce back no matter what. I can see you that. Like, that's He's just very the resilient. kind of belief I have in him. Because we talked about this before. Like he, To me, he was the best leader of the Bullet Club ever. Yep. And the Devet stuff that he did over there in New Japan, it just can't be topped. He made, like we talked about, he made the press conferences yep. legit. He made Bullet Club legit. The demon face paint is cool, but it ain't got nothing on the face paint he wore. That I, I know because we're watching Raw Live as we're doing this. It's so weird that a couple weeks ago they did the Mojo spot, left it alone, and now wow. they're bringing it back. This face paint, though? What was up with the Dean's last match thing just now? What's the dirt sheets on that? It's no dirt Nobo- sheets. Nobody knows. It's I don't a work think nobody, for sure. I honestly don't think anyone cares at this point because Dean just... He hasn't been interesting lately. So what do you think Dean is going to go from here? You think he's going to AEW? No, or I think he's just this is wrestle, all work. Or do you think he's just going to wrestle on the indies? No, I think Finally. he's still going to be in WWE. I don't think this was his last match. Lashley just put him through a table. It's weird. As and we're then talking, they showed Sami Zayn what, and now Sami Zayn's back. Well, As we're talking, it's the return of Sami Zayn, by the way. Keep going. Lashley has said something about uh, Renee Young. He said that you, you're leaving, but your wife is still going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Renee came to his end, his, like his side. Bobby just put Dean through the table, the announce table. And then Renee you know, was giving him the rub. You know What's it called? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see from here. I'm excited that Sami Zayn's back. I really wish he would have went to SmackDown instead of Raw. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I'm I'm kind of stoked that I'm kind of stoked that he's back as uh, face. He was a great heel. Don't get me wrong, but uh, (sighs) not in the ring though. He wasn't a great heel in the he ring. He was an annoying ring. I mean, annoying heel. heel. I I feel like as far as oh, he cut his hair. You know, but. His ring work set. was still his like, move set is not a heel move set. I'm not. I can't boo that. You know, it looks awesome. People love. So, I mean, people love Sami Zayn. Dude, how yeah. can you not? He, he's, he's one fun. of those guys that he's nice. He can't be heel. He's black. <laughs> he, he said he is. You know what? Also, is crazy too. And I always said that Daniel Bryan could never be heel. Uh huh. And he completely changed my oh, mind. And I know yeah. we haven't gotten to that match yet, or Mania in general. We're getting but, there. So what are we getting to now? 
G1 well, we Supercard. G1 Supercard. But we're going to make this much quicker than NXT because... Well, uh, are we making it much quicker because of... I didn't watch I that either. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. He didn't but, watch it, but also there was, there was some lackluster moments that don't really need expanding. Well, was there lackluster well, moments, or do you think the whole thing was lackluster? Like, as far... That's I, how I feel. Like, well, just well, because we didn't get the G one Supercard last year. Like, we didn't make it an event. Well, if yeah. y'all like, feel, if y'all you feel this way, you actually got the pay per view. We got together and did it. Well, if y'all feel this way about it, then yeah, let's just do the highlights. Like, what did yeah. you guys like about the G one special? Yeah, that's a that's a good way to do it, Banks. Uh, just I'm gonna do a quick run through of the highlights. Show starts out with an awesome battle royal. Uh, it more serves as the pre show. But what makes it so cool is they have a bunch of wrestling legends from Japan who haven't really done things lately. Probably the biggest one of the night was the great Muta and, made a, um, a made an Liger. appearance. Well, Liger Liger's been wrestling, yeah, yeah, but, I get that, but this is his last run as Travis is trying to get across. And uh, so yeah, had a couple legends in it. The crowd was super hot because it just seemed like they couldn't believe that. You know, Japanese legends were wrestling in America on the East Coast. They never come to the East Coast. Huge deal. Crowd was super hot. I thought for the Battle Royal, the crowd was more hot than most of NXT, except probably the end of Gorgano Champa. I mean, Gorgano Cole, sorry. But then, okay, so basically, Battle Royal happens. A long Battle Royal. You only see Muta and Liger in the ring. And then all of a sudden, uh, Kenny King comes out of nowhere. And, uh,. Originally, when I talked to you about this, nice. Sorry, uh, Finn Balor yeah, just yeah, came Finn out Bauer of the just fight. Came Sami Zayn, out, so. dope. We're gonna we're gonna get a good match out of uh, this. Hopefully, I'm, well, I'm just happy that Sami comes back and it's like he's already in the in the the biggest mid card spot you can be in, which yeah. is the IC title. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to uh, the Battle Royal. Kenny King, who is uh, if you don't know uh, Ring of Honor too well, he's basically or TNA. okay. Yeah. Right now on Ring of Honor, he's basically being pushed as the Black Miz. Oh, like, yeah. He, he's a great heel, but he's fun. Someone you love to hate, and they're pushing the crap out of him. At one point, they were calling him the Bullet Club Killer. They had him beat Cody Rhodes. They had him beat Hangman Page. And they had him beat Marty Scroll in one-on-one matches. That He's been on an incredible hot streak. And he actually ended up winning the Battle Royal, which is nuts. It's crazy to me that uh, New Japan signed off on that. But it's an awesome rub for Kenny King. What do you think that means that, huh? No, I was agreeing with James. Well, what do you think that means that, you know, they're going to share him as far as it? Well, we'll we'll let him come over to New Japan and you let us have, you know, some of these other guys. Yeah. You know, because they're teaming up a lot now, it seems like. Yeah. They're doing a. I know Ring of Honor did the TNA. What was it? Uh,. Battle of the Worlds or something like that. What did yeah. they do with TNA? I don't remember the name. I it was it was years ago when yeah. they well, was it was doing only stuff like with two TNA. years ago. Still, still years. And ago. then they did it on the Jericho Cruise just last year, just last this past October. And then now they're doing the thing with New Japan. You know the Supercar G one. So I could see Kenny King going over to Japan, and they would eat up a guy like Kenny King, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, so Battle Royal, Kenny King gets the rub. Show opens up. We get Osprey and Cobb, two of probably the Ooh. most hype wrestlers on the underground. Uh, there were some great, cool spots, but we've been very, very spoiled with both of these guys lately, but more Osprey. Osprey's past several matches have been five-star matches, uh, particularly 
his match with Obushi, you can make an argument that oh, that was yes. a six star match at Wrestle Kingdom. So because we've been spoiled, if a match is four, four and a half stars between these two people, you're just like, eh. But what's crazy is if you put this match on another card, you're like, oh, this is the match of the night, etc. So yeah, they wrestled a great match. But it was a little bit below of what we were expecting. I, I think it's just because, and I'm not super high on Jeff Cobb. He's cool, but he's not Will Ospreay cool. Yeah. I just don't think he can hang with a guy like Will Ospreay as far as when it comes time to pick up the pace, can he go? He can't go like Will Ospreay can go. And that's why you're not going to get those, you know, five, six minute runs where it's just insane yeah. like you normally see from Osprey. But it was a good match, but yeah. like you just said, it wasn't five star. Yeah. So then uh the next thing I'm gonna get to that we actually are super into, uh we can skip over uh Roosh versus Dalton Castle. I don't think that was a very eventful no, match. No, I mean it only lasted fifteen seconds. Uh, yeah. That's nice, what she said. We're not gonna go in about this match, but a nice little spot at the end of the uh women's match. Kelly Klein went over uh, As she should have. Like she's the top she woman of Ring it. of Honor for the past uh year and, and some how change. long has she been with the company? Pretty much since they've been trying to build up the women's division. So, I mean, she deserved that spot, you yeah. know, on national television. This this night was all about giving the rubs to whoever was ride or die for the company. Right. Kenny King, Kelly Klein, uh, anyone who's been ride or die who said, hey, we're not going to turn on you. We're not going to WWE. We're not going to AEW. We are ride or die for Ring of Honor, ride or die or New Japan. You were getting the rub. And it, it was great to see, uh, you know, they had Velvet Sky come out and uh, basically... Well, yeah, what is their new faction? Allure. Allure, that's what the it is. The new faction okay. debuted that. So that was a pretty cool, interesting spot, you know, kept people interested. After that, uh, the next memorable moment we get is essentially a four-way tag team match where... Uh, well, actually, before the tag team match, I'm sorry. There was one more great match. Uh, Bandito versus Bone Soldier versus Dragon Kid. Three of the best wrestlers in the world. Bandito is, in my opinion, the best wrestler on Ring of Honor. If we're just talking ring of, uh, in-ring skill, he uh, you know, really had his chance to shine in the main event of All In. But Bandito is fantastic. Bone Soldier and Dragon Kid as well. Bandito, in my opinion, shined the most in this match. But they all killed it. I thought if it, if we were just judging in ring and not storytelling, I thought that was the best match of the night. But uh, yeah, Dragon Kid goes over. Great match by these guys. They they really got to make a name all for themselves. Three of, yeah, exactly. Like for they three all people got who their don't, stuff in, you know, they what don't I mean? wrestle in America ever. Ne- neither of them like strictly have been mainly in Japan and Mexico. So this was pretty much their big other than Bandito at All In. This is their big American, you know, debut. You know, Bandito did some small PWG stuff, but he's never been on a platform like Madison Square Garden got to shine. Now the next moment and maybe the most like WTF head-turning moment of the night is four-way tag team match four of uh, the best teams that Ring of Honor and New Japan have to offer. The Briscoes, who've never been on a, on a platform this big, but they're one of the biggest tag teams in the world. Yeah, they're even the biggest, though, uh, they're the most known unknowns. Most yeah. known unknown. Maybe most unknown wrestlers in the world. Not even just tag team. Most unknown wrestlers 
most known unknown wrestlers yeah, in the world. Everybody knows who they everybody are. Everybody knows the Briscoes but if they're super into wrestling. But nobody and they've knows they've never been exactly. on a big platform. To think that these guys are as big as they are and they're American wrestlers and they've never wrestled Madison Square Garden is just insane. Uh, they're 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 superstars. Uh, we have the Briscoes. We have God, who's been essentially New Japan's top uh, tag team for the past couple years. Uh, and then we have the newest Ring of Honor uh, uh, hype train and uh, two members of Villain Enterprises. That's Marty Scrolls Faction and PCO and Brody King. These are two people who have been grinding it out on the indies. Ring of Honor brought them up, put them together, paired them with Marty Scroll, and made them uh, tag team champions of Ring of Honor. Uh, they're also uh, three-way Ring of Honor champions with Marty Scroll. But, uh, yeah, so you have these two. These guys are both amazing. They take amazing bumps, and they, they, they're very acrobatic. Big guys can flip. And then your very last team, uh, you had the Briscoes. You had G.O.D. Evil and Sonata. Oh, yeah, Evil and Sonata, Sonata. of course. Two of, two of New Japan's best. And so, yeah, uh, everyone got to shine a little bit in this match. Yeah, it was a bit of a cluster. Yeah, and but... Just, uh, that's a lot of people in the ring, you know what I mean? A lot of people in the ring. But then, uh, you know, what steals the show of the match... Well, I wouldn't even say that. Steals the show of the moment. Uh, you know, Geo, because whoever won was going to win both Ring both of Honor belts, and yeah. New Japan. I mean, they did that with um, another. They did it with an- the title that uh, Jeff Cobb won. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, Jeff Cobb was already Ring of Honor television champion, but he won the uh, Neverweight title from Osprey earlier in the night. So a lot of titles they were trying to unify. He looked like a uh, Gru just now. From minions, <laughs> when he he scrunched his neck him. and Sami Zayn because he cut his hair, he kind of no, looked this, like Gru. And, and th- this match is really good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, as well. exactly. So Sami Zayn also he he got a little chunky. Yeah, Ross actually, <laughs> well he said he was chilling. You know, okay, like yeah. it's he, just funny because most people get in, injured, right? Come back, but in he's better been shape. ready for months. But he's like, he said he went and he went and traveled the world and like, yeah, went yeah. off and did his own thing and really like it. He said it was the first time he's had off in like fifteen years. Wow. That makes sense. So like, he really enjoyed it. So but, he traveled the whole world. So yeah, going back to what okay. you were just saying, yeah. You know, I know you're saying they're unifying the titles. I don't know if they're like unifying the oh, titles. Oh no, like, not you get like both that. The titles. Yeah, you just get both. What do you think that means for Ring of Honor and New Japan's relationship going forward? Like I was saying, as they, far as sharing talent, they do stuff like this all the time. It's not a big deal. They they have these title for title matches all the time. Uh, it's going to be very short lived. But anyway, you know, still this is Madison Square Garden. This is a nice rub for whatever tag team, and uh, they have this very strange moment. To where it looks like we're getting heckler hecklers in the background because the cameras were not panning on what was going on, but you hear a lot of crowd commotion. The uh, commentators are trying their best to ignore the situation. The cameras keep panning to the Titantron. The Titantron only shows the New Japan Ring of Honor logos. Uh, so this is going on for ten minutes straight. The ring announcers are trying to kill time talking about the next match, which is Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, two of the best wrestlers in the world. You just see a whole lot of commotion, hear a whole lot of commotion, and you're like, what is going on? And then you you see a very tall person in the background Uh flicking everybody off, and you also start hearing... uh, 
fuck you Enzo chants. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, so, uh, you know... You see uh, Bully Ray come out the corner come rushing. of the yep. camera, come down, and it's like, okay. So it was a bona fide, a bona fide stud out there. The return, G. the return of Enzo and Cass. But what made this so nutty is that, uh, you know, there had been a couple of times recently where Enzo had been show, showed up at shows unwanted and gotten kicked out of the building. They made a very strong effort to not show Enzo and Cass, not even talk about them. So if you're going to debut two stars, which Ring of Honor desperately needs right now, their roster has just been gutted because yeah. of All Elite Wrestling two stars that you need right now you're not going to debut them at maybe your biggest american show ever and talk about them it's like, like they tried to pull the scott hall kevin nash nwo thing but not yep at the same t- they tried to keep it so secretive that it leaves us all in confusion so it's like okay but, so yeah. but it what got do you a get lot out of, bu- of it it got a lot of buzz it did but before but i want to compare it to something but, but not I, commercial but buzz i don't though. know if we're that far yet no you go ahead i know what you're doing go oh, ahead okay what i want to compare it to is at the hall of fame that also happened I was. I don't know if it was the same time. Same, it was same, a, like thirty the minutes. The Hall apart. of Fame happened before. Like the situation with Bret Hart uh, okay. happened before. It was like thirty minutes like, apart. Like though. you just said, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the same. It was, was a crazy Saturday, na- Saturday night. <laughs> now, <laughs> like, all, now also, just to throw this in here too, um, at WrestleCon that took place in New York as well. Uh, David Arquette was fighting somebody. I saw that. Was fighting somebody as well. So that was something else that happened. What do you? What is that? What was it serious? Because if it's not serious, it doesn't correlate. I don't. I don't know if it. No, was... No, it's probably a work for it was sure. Probably, yeah. Okay, but, that doesn't ignore that. But it's just the fact that <laughs> it was David Arquette. David Arquette. That whole situation is known as an abomination. And yeah, but he's been he's been wrestling the indies for for like months now. Yeah, he's been doing People a pretty good to job that. too. He just. I'm not going to go that far. He won a title like three to six months ago. Whatever, whatever. But okay, so basically, what Banks is getting to is. There was a very serious situation that happened where Bret Hart was attacked by a fan, some ex-MMA middle American nut job. That's been going on Twitter saying that he's coming for Triple H. He don't want to see the woman main event. He want to see him doing dishes. He said that Triple H can retweet stuff on Twitter, but he can't respond to him and he's a coward. Now, when it comes to... uh, ethnicities if he were certain ethnicities people would call this man a terrorist but because he's middle american nebraska he's not being called a terrorist and that's essentially what he was he 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 had had a bad upbringing he had an attack on bret hart and And a lot of the underground uh uh dirt sheets who have intel etc are saying that a lot of this stems from and his tweets etc it stems from him being upset that women were headlining WrestleMania. That's crazy. In 2019. That's, That's crazy. But you know what else is crazy? And that brings me up. I don't know if you saw that Ali posted a picture of him and his beautiful wife. Okay. Who is, they're Muslim. Yeah. And somebody commented and was like, this is pretty much, this is America. Uh, Tell her to take that, you know, one of shit these, off. One of these guys. And, but his response was like, he don't let it get to him. He, he kept responding with, that's the best. You're right. This and is positive. America. And that's what makes it so beautiful is that she can walk around wearing this. Bro, yeah. It sucks you know, that. And it, but it's, it, that's just wild that, that, that this guy, what this blew him age. over the edge was that woman was headlining mania. Yeah. And then a separate incident in the same night is Ali's wife 
you know, is getting attacked for wearing what her culture wears. Yeah, verbally attacked. Some, re- not some like, wrestling well, yeah, fans, the Bret Hart situation. Some wrestling fans can be true idiots, and it's sad. Oh, that people. It's sad. No, it's a lot of wrestling fans that are idiots, yeah. and they're racist. They don't think women should be doing anything except still being in the kitchen. The bra and all panties the, matches. Yeah, bra and panties stuff. and all this stuff. Like, I know Naomi has been attacked. Because of her race, because she's a woman, and fans say that she doesn't deserve some of the stuff that she's gotten in wrestling and everything. But she's worked, wild she's worked so hard. You got to look like Naomi was pretty much at the bottom. She was a dancer for, uh, for Brodus, Brodus Clay, Clay, and that was it. So shirts off. What happened to the other Naomi. dancer? Um, that she, was with she Brodus Clay. I, I don't. No, she no, was no. I'm, I'm asking you, what happened to her? What? She where did her career go? Uh, she. <laughs> She was released and she focused on, I believe, modeling. Nah, because she was she won't good. That's I don't want to get too far off subject because we went way left field. But it snowballed. Just back, just back on the uh, Bret Hart situation. Yeah, it's very sad that uh, you know someone would attack Bret Hart because they were upset that women were headlining the pay per view. Unfortunately, this scenario happened bad timing. Uh, in correlation with the Ring of Honor J- New Japan Supercard pay-per-view because people were just like, is everyone losing their minds? Is yeah. this full moon? Because one scenario was real, one scenario was fake. Uh, the Enzo the and cast was a work uh, that was not real. You know, Enzo has tried to hijack, quote-unquote, some shows, but no, this was very much planned. Uh, Enzo and Cash showed up, but uh, they tried to kind of do some reality-type stuff where you didn't know if it was a work or not. And it just left you kind of clueless, uh, searching the internet to figure out if it was real, which took a lot of shine off of an- another good match, which is very, which came up next. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's probably, I like to call him the John Cena of New Japan because yeah, yeah, that's a good he, way to he, describe he was, him. He was the he's the face of the company, was the face of the company for like fifteen years, twenty years, whatever, and uh, he's. Facing a match with Zack Sabre Jr., who, in my opinion, is one of the top five wrestlers in the world. What makes Zack Sabre so cool to me is we live in an era where there's a lot of uh, indie wrestlers on the indies making a name for themselves by uh, flips and all these other crazy things. Zack Sabre Jr. is maybe the only wrestler, uh, maybe besides, I don't know, besides Okada and maybe Jay White. Uh, he's he's one of the few wrestlers on the indies that people put up there as one of those wrestlers who put on a show without doing any type of flips or right. anything. Just straight up old school Technical. grappling yep. with a new school twist. And he is so much fun to watch. He's skinny, flexible. And if you've never watched the Zack Sabre Jr. match, please look him up on YouTube. If, you, if you're into the Kurt Angles and the Chris Benoit's. And the You'll theme, love them. The but this is that WCW on steroids, stuff. Yeah, though. yeah. Because the way he can bend his body oh, is... My, it's insane. It's a spectacle. So, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., top five wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. Had a great match with uh, Tanahashi. My only complaint would probably be Tanahashi was wrestling a little slow. He is getting a little old, but he is a legend. Uh... First and foremost, good spot for him to say like I wrestled, you know, Tanahashi oh, yeah. at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you it, know, Zach, and, and Zach was probably honored for, for you know the heavy the what is the what is it the British Heavyweight Championship? Yep, yep. You know, so I mean, it don't Rev get Pro British Rev Pro Championship. That's pr- pretty much their top belt right now, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, so he got put over in Madison Square Garden. New Japan is very high on him. 
Good for Zack Sabre Jr. Now, up next, we only have a couple matches left, and that's uh, what a lot of people, including Travis, thought was the match of the night, and that's Kota Ibushi versus Naito. A lot of people think these are arguably New Japan's two best wrestlers, two people with a crap ton of charisma, uh, can do everything you need to be done in the ring. And they killed it. They tore the house down. They really tore the house down. They tore the house down, man. Uh, Probably my uh, second favorite match of the night. Uh, We don't even... There's no point of expanding on that. All you need to do is either look up the match or look up any of these these two guys' matches. Naito and Ibushi are two of the top wrestlers in the world. So then after that, we had an... Amazing ladder match between Ring of Honor's uh, top guys, three top guys, Jay Lethal, uh, Matt Taven, and maybe the most over guy in underground wrestling, Marty Scroll. Marty Scroll is the only guy out of any promotion that you go to any promotion and you hear the Al chance like right any promotion there's no other wrestler that has probably besides daniel bryan any other place you go right. you know you'll get yes chance but for marty to not even be on national tv like that and to be this over is just nuts i haven't seen it probably ever and yeah marty's probably the most over guy in underground wrestling and there wasn't a doubt in my mind he was walking he was out gonna win title, because sure. he is the most over yeah. guy and he's never won the uh ring of honor title before but this was a night as we said earlier that if you were loyal to your company you got the rub and so uh, someone who's been in the company for a long time, as other people have left, became huge stars. He's been in the company. He's wrestled people like Adam Cole. Uh, he, he, he's, he's just wrestled a number of people, and that's Matt Taven. Matt Taven is probably one of the best hills in the business right now. Uh, he's not super sadistic, but he just really gets to you with uh, how... Uh, douchey, douchey. how yeah. douchey he is you know he's the like, type of the guy thing that he's he does like with his lips when like he puckers his lips out and stuff it's just this guy's a total douche looks like he could be in a boy band but douchey at the same time and uh you know they had to give us one curveball the night they gave matt the rub amazing match from head to toe uh jay jay and marty uh wrestled a great match as i was telling travis as we were watching the match Ring of Honor is probably the king of any promotion when it comes to ladder matches. Ring of Honor has a history going all the way back to Sami Zayn, a.k.a. El Generico versus Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens. And Ring of Honor is where they also had Kevin Steen versus Jerry Lawler, right? In the the pile driver match? I think so. It, where, but I know it wasn't a ladder match, but yeah. it had ladders in it where he did the pile drive like with the ladders, so that's what I'm saying though. Like, but there, there's a million uh, Adam Cole ladder matches, a million Young Bucks versus Briscoes, a million uh, 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 Redragon, which is you know now undisputed right. era. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish versus Young Bucks, all types of crazy ladder matches you can look up. Ring of Honor might be the king promotion when it comes to ladder matches, and this is no different. Had an amazing match. Matt Taven got the rub. It was cool because and it was a great finish too, as far as like how he won it. Yep, it wasn't like super scummy or anything like that. It's how you expect a ladder match to, you know, be won historically. Yep. So. After all that, there's only one match left, and that's Jay White versus uh, Okada. 
the uh, biggest letdown of the night. Two of mm. the best, two of the best wrestlers in the world, and this match kind of went how I expected it to go as far as the the uh, winner because this night was all about giving whoever was loyal the rub. Okada has been ride or die for New Japan. Obviously, WWE wanted him. Obviously, AEW would love to have him. But he thinks New Japan has the best wrestling in the world. He says it all the time. He is loyal. He is a ride or die. New Japan wanted to show their admiration by putting the title on him. Their biggest American stage they've ever had. Cool moment for him. The match wasn't the best match. It was a little lackluster. Uh, Jay White is... Jay White is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but oh, because yes. New Japan is New Japan, and he's really young. Jay White's only like 26. He is still kind of green, and uh, he's in the ring. He's in a promotion with nothing but five-star wrestlers. So uh, Jay White might, uh, when you put him side-by-side side to other wrestlers in the company, he might come off as a little green in-ring. But outside of the ring, he's the most sadistic heel in the business. He has the look he, he can talk. The way he says things. The way he says people's names. He'll come out to the ring with that uh, New Zealand accent and say Tanahashi or yeah, yeah. Okada. Uh, like he's just sadistic like a Batman villain or something. <laughs> like this guy, this guy is the real deal. He only started wrestling at like very late age, 19 or something like he had, He doesn't have a lot of uh, experience in the business. And, man, this guy's a quick learner. In five, ten years, like, he could very much be the guy. I can't say enough good things about Jay White. These are two of the best wrestlers in the world. Match was a little bit lackluster uh, because we had been giving so many matches throughout the night, and it was kind of slow-paced because both these guys kind of wrestle relatively uh, old-school style. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, it wasn't the best match, but it was a cool little moment, and Okada went over. Yeah, Jay White didn't have the title that long, but just to be 26 and say you were a New Japan champion, New Japan isn't like the rest of these companies. They don't put the strap on just anybody. That's what confused me, though. Having this on his resume, he'll be able to go anywhere he wants and get paid for the rest of his life. Yeah. And that's just nuts to me to think at 26 he can do this. Like... He's an English talking, uh, you know, English talking, English looking wrestler, which is already a huge advantage because at that point you're you're pretty much wanted most places. English talking, English looking wrestler who's already won the New Japan cha- Championship at a very that young age. That took Kenny Omega how many years to? Oh yeah, to dude. win. You know it, what it's I mean? So hard for Americans to even sniff that title, like so. I mean, I, I know uh, Brock won it at one point, but... But I he was just, already... Established. Well, yeah, you well, know, a main yeah. event, you know... To be in the same breath as Brock anyway, right, as yeah, a yeah. wrestling career, is just nuts. But, uh, yeah, so Jay White lost the title. Okada went over at their biggest stage, and that rounds up uh, G1. Now it's time to get to the main event, the show everybody was waiting for the whole weekend, and that is WrestleMania. Before we get into Mania, though... So much for Sammy being he, being face, right? Oh yeah. yeah Anybody yeah. Just see this? Yeah, like, yeah. He just said he. He hates went on everybody. the rampage. They're, WWE is really turning up this, blurring the lines of what's reality and what is a work because he's saying things that he's like said on Jericho's podcast. Yeah. About the toxic environment, they're really letting these guys do the CM Punk pipe bomb stuff right now, and 
I'm sure a lot of it has to do with this pissant company, mm-hmm. AEW, coming along. And I think they're kind of letting them go a little bit. They're trying to pull the Dean stuff. Like We really love AEW, leave. by the way. That's a yeah. reference yeah, to yeah. Triple H. Uh, At the Hall of Fame. Made saying, a playful, tongue-in-cheek comment. About AEW. That Vince could buy this pissant company and fire Billy Gunn twice if he wanted to. Yeah. Who said that? That's what you... So, I'll just recap. A little bit of the joke was they went on the thing about how you're not allowed to thank Vince McMahon and say his name. And, of course, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, so we can't say Vince McMahon. You know, they're just playing it up. Billy Gunn goes, well, he can't fire me. And, like, does, like, hands on the hip. Ha ha. I'm the only one who's not working for him. I'm getting paid by another company. And Triple H looks at him and says, if Vince wanted to, he could buy that little pissant company what? and fire you he twice. He said that on, at yeah. the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah he said that at the Hall of Fame. Wow. And then when James came over today, he told me that in the new episode of Being, um, the, Being the Elite, Elite they today. named the name of the episode Pissant. But made no reference made to no it. Reference made to no Triple reference H, to it in the episode. But the episode's just called Piss Sand, which I just love because these guys are geniuses. They've, they've been, you know, poking Triple H over the last couple months, you know, on Having, the show uh, for anybody Kazarian listening to the dress podcast up as him. and doing the notes, like you know, sign <laughs> H. H. It'll just say <laughs> yeah. H and stuff. So anybody listening to the podcast, that is. In the that indie wrestling like street and fighter being the punch. elite. That looked dope. You know Dude. how you start Street Fighter? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy in the beginning so of the game. So happy that we finally get to see Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. Yeah, she's Fine. very you know, good throw in some bows yep. in the company. Because they were really giving her the Eva Marie treatment. Where she just kind of comes out and, and shakes go, her butt. And then just goes to the back. And then goes to the back. And I was like, Dude, don't Eva Marie this chick. She's legit. And we were talking about how good a wrestler she is. So, yeah, so... You know, the granddaddy of them all, the show. WrestleMania. WrestleMania 35, which we had. We were going to podcast this after 35, but it ran so long, we said, screw it. What, we'll what do time, it exhausted. What time did the... 12.37. It was late. It is. When it was really exhausted. late. You it know what? Like, uh, the G, celebration. G1 ended at the same well, you time. Well, you know what's great? G1 was five hours and 37 pre-show. minutes. Yeah. G1 didn't, didn't give us, us a pre-show right. pre-show. Like, WWE gave us a two-hour pre-show. Right. Yeah. They so. gave, th- their pre-show was like, that match was 42 minutes, the Battle Royals, so maybe yeah, 45 there were, minutes. There were two Battle Royals, then you had but t- also the tag and team match. 15 minutes of some weird Japanese anime press conference. On G1, yeah. G- <laughs> well, the live stream. That's just what they play on their thing. That's not actually I know, their pre-show. It's just so weird and random. And it's hilarious. It's all in Japanese. There's no subtitles. You have no idea what is going For on. It. It's just straight Japanese weird humor. And they do this before all of their New Japan pay-per-views. I love it because it makes me feel like... I've never like been one of those nerds who are like super who are nerdy enough to really fit in with the nerds. I've been one of those nerds who know a good amount about certain things, but just not enough to really fit in. But when right. I watch these super nerdy like anime integrations in New Japan before their pre shows, I feel like I feel like I'm one of the one of the cool nerds well, who knows. Well, here's the crazy thing is. I, I've been watching anime since, you know, third grade. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching wrestling even longer than that. So when I watch New Japan, I really feel like I'm in the culture. Oh, because yeah. Because I, I love anime. Yeah. I love all the otaku stuff. And I love wrestling. And the Japanese love wrestling. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
we lo- like England's known for wrestling in Canada, and of course WWE is an American company. But the Japanese love wrestling, dude. You know what I mean? So seeing stuff like that, I really feel like I'm part of the culture. So um, yeah, I'll let you talk a little bit, Banks, about WrestleMania 35 since. But before it's the only thing over the weekend that you physically saw live. Yeah. Before Banks talks, I'm just going to start off talking about. Uh, for the pre-show, I feel like the only thing we need to mention is just uh, Kurt Hawkins and Kurt Zack Hawkins. Ryder winning the titles. Congratulations. We don't need to go in on that, yeah. but just congratulations to two guys. And they guys. took a cool picture with Edge and Christian backstage. Yeah. And th- this was also Kurt Hawkins' first win, right? Yes. Since he's been back Since to he's the been company. Back. Probably even longer, like, if we were to dig back and, like, really be like, he hasn't won a match in WWE since, you know, 2013 or whatever. Congratulations to two workhorses. Especially Zack Ryder. Yeah. Because that's two little WrestleMania moments he kind of has. Like, he's not as big as the IC ladder match win, but... It's something, you know. I think it's bigger than with that. his best friend. Yeah, because it's with his best friend. They you know, the re- they, they were on the indies they came together. Up together. They were on the indies together as the Awesome Brothers. So I it's, can't it, say it's bigger because he won the IC title and his dad was in the ring to celebrate with him. And well, both of them are big. I mean, I, I don't know, man, because they both started together. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah, so yeah. and it, this is this is like you said, this is Zack Ryder's second WrestleMania moment. So yeah. You got to give them that, man. But yeah, that's that's it. We don't need to go in on that anymore. Uh, only because this show, there was so much to it. So we might as well just go in on the main show. Uh, go ahead and let Banks talk about it. But I guess we can kick it off with uh, Seth versus Lesnar. Seth versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I definitely wasn't expecting to see that as the first match on the show. I know Travis had said something about uh, on Jericho's podcast where... Well, he Christian was, says a lot too. Chris, don't, uh, well, Christian was saying if that you ain't if you ain't last, you, you want to be, be first. first. And Paul Heyman, he came out there. Well, hold on, before we even get to the the first match, let's talk about like how the show actually oh, started. Oh, how it actually launched. Yeah, when, with it, when Alexa, Alexa Bliss, Bliss the host of WrestleMania, and she 35. brought out Hulk Hogan. Oh my God! Is that John Cena? That's Taker. Holy crap. See, this is... Oh, oh gotta, my God. So just to give uh, anyone listening a little insight, uh, if you're wondering, if you hear this before you read any dirt sheets or get any uh, information from your friends, Taker's on Monday Night Raw right now, but they kind of need to do something with Taker because they're hyping him up for their next uh, Saudi Arabia show. Uh. They keep pretty much bringing back the old guys like Taker and stuff because a lot of... Uh, a they lot of these old them. wrestlers they, they they the old all is what the Saudi them. Arabia yeah. people want to see. And they pay WWE a lot a of lot. money. So WWE will do whatever they want. So do you think this is why Taker... This Wasn't is Taker's minus WrestleMania 2000 slash 16 where Taker was off due to injury. Yeah. It's his first WrestleMania he's missed since 92, 91. WrestleMania no. 91. Somebody said the other night 2002. Yeah, no, it was well, not. Well, 2000 was, is. He missed it, but it was too injury. That was 16. But it was too injury, okay, though. Yes, it wasn't. That was, that was 99. This is when he chose to sit out. We've just you know thrown out I mean? five different dates. <laughs> 2000, 2002, well, 2000, 96, well, it was called 2000. It was called 2000. <laughs> but it was, ni- it was 99 okay. it was, when it, it was in 99, but okay. it was called WrestleMania 2000, okay. a.k.a. WrestleMania 16. But 
Do yeah. you think this is why he didn't do Mania? Because he's well, you, like, I can't do Mania and that, like, physically. So Who knows? You yeah, know, we got to pick one. I think, I think he could have because last year was a similar scenario. Well, I feel like if he did Mania, I feel like if he was like, I want to do Mania, Vince wouldn't be like, nah, we don't need you. Vince be all over it. Taker chose not to do Mania. So why else would he choose not to do Mania if he didn't feel like he could physically? I'm I'm sure we'll find out. I'm sure we'll find out. Both those events. I'm sure we'll find out. We ain't never going to find out. You never find out anything with Taker. He has his reasons for why he didn't do it. It's amazing how Taker could keep so much stuff a secret. Even in today's world, like. Everything's a secret with this guy. But that's a good thing, though. I know, but it's amazing that he can do it. Yeah, I have no idea uh, what type of match he could possibly be doing at uh, the and next Saudi Arabia event. Like, got it. I don't know who it would make sense for him to face, but I guess we're about to see well, now. Well, the last one was the casket match with Rusev, right? No, the last no. one was a tag match. It was a tag match. Where it was so it? the Rusev casket was before then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the but last he looked bad was, in that tag. They all looked bad in yeah, that tag. Yeah, match. they all. Well, so I, there's no way. You I a personally match. was proud of Sean because Sean's like old as crap, bad back, still hit a perfect moonsault, but the spot was ruined because Kane botched the mess out of the catch. Wild, right? And his wig came off for the first yeah. time of the night. <laughs> Kane's wig came off twice during the match, and yeah, I can't say enough things about how bad Kane was in that match, but. uh yeah, you know, Taker's most recent matches haven't been the best, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll figure out soon who he faces at the Saudi Arabia show. But let's let's keep rolling while this unfolds with uh, WrestleMania opinions. Okay, cool. Uh, well, cool, cool, starting cool. off with well, Alexa, yeah, Bliss. Alexa Bliss comes out. You know, she's the host of WrestleMania. And then, who comes out? And then she brings out Hulk Hogan. And the Banks crowd, is hero. The, the crowd, hey, shut your mouth. <laughs> the crowd lost it. And, you know, Hogan, of course, he called it the Silver Dome. He and tried then to he, make then, it funny. He tried to make it funny. It was funny. so stupid. And then he called but then it. really botched. Then he called the MetLife Stadium the MetLife Met Life Center. Center. And, but I but still he's literally think, looking at the, at the sign it's, next it's to him. It's written right there. I think, look, man, I, I think it's just a running joke now. That when no, you have he Hulk did not Hogan, intentionally botch it. Look, dude. man, he was out there. It was dark. He was wearing them shades. He ain't have his glasses on, I got, man. I got to say this say publicly. What? Say what? Hogan needs to go. He needs to go. Go where? I, I, he doesn't need to be on WWE television anymore, man, look, ever People again. still love Hulk Hogan. He can be at the there's, Hall of Fame there's and stuff people that, like that. There's people that love him. There's people who don't love him. But it's like Hulk Hogan is just one of those people that he's always going to be around as long as he can be. This was an interesting moment, but I don't think it deserves the listener's time because yeah, there's it was just, too, it's too, too much. much to talk about. So <laughs> moving along, uh, we opened the show with Brock versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins pretty much got his ass handed to him the entire match. And then he came back and he won the universal title. Finally, now, he finally slayed the beast after also having a sweet intro where now dude, he's the, the beast, beast slayer. slayer was so sick. Let me ask you guys, how long do you think that match was? Not think, entrances with it. I think the, the match, match itself. The, the match was probably like four minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice. But one thing I just want to keep it real about is it wasn't a good match. No, did you expect it to be, though? <laughs> no, I it did. Just, it needed to be I, quick. I did, because the reason I did is because Brock has Ooh, had great matches with uh, small wrestlers. Uh, Brock, of course, you know, last time him and Seth were in a ring at Mania together oh with Roman was one of the, maybe one of the best Mania matches of all time. Yeah. 
And then uh, the best couple of Brock matches against small guys, against AJ, against Finn, amazing matches. And uh, so he gets in the ring with Seth, who might be arguably, uh, you know, one of the best or if not the best wrestler in the world in some people's eyes. Uh, This match was very lackluster. Uh, Seth didn't think of anything interesting to make himself seem like a believable world champion that could be well, once anybody. again was it seth or was it brock and Heyman refusing to I- i'm gonna put do anything you've oh, heard that multiple no. times though because that that finn match finn finn was great finn was awesome in that yeah Rumble but match. was brock pissed uh, like they just say if brock's in a bad mood you're not getting anything out of him well i don't know i don't know what him and seth's relationship is i feel like it's probably decent but and what i, I mean, will it can't say be bad i mean you know what, what i mean what i what I, well he faced dean and their relationship wasn't good but what i will say is uh a lot of the dirt sheets in reference to the finn match before it happened said like brock actually wanted to work finn he thought it would be a great story he thought it made sense finn never really lost the title so that had a great working relationship who knows how yeah. the seth relationship is but anyway Seth I hate when people go into matches and with someone like Brock where you have to be creative and don't try to be creative at all the low blow angle we've seen 50 million times it's like just get Seth is a more intelligent wrestler than this Seth is one of the best storytellers in wrestling today I expect more from Seth Rollins Uh, the last time Brock wrestled a small guy was against Finn I thought they told a great story of you know, Finn lost, but they built him up nice. But Finn made it a point to go after that stomach yeah. from that UFC stomach right. injury. And, of course, Finn is a master of uh, of drop kicks and double stomps, and which goes perfectly with that stomach injury. And also they kept painting, painting a picture of Seth or Finn's uh, high-flying, uh, just constantly diving on Brock. At one point, did like seven dives in a row on Brock. And yeah, just told a great story. It was great to see. That's one of my favorite things about Brock is that you can't be lazy with the match. You have to be thoughtful. You have to create an angle yeah. to have a good match with Brock, which is why I love watching Brock Do you Brock think you matches. have to come up with all the work, though? Does Brock bring anything to the table? I'm pretty sure he does. I'm not saying yeah. he doesn't. I'm legitimately yeah, asking. Yeah, I, you know I, what I mean? I don't know. Like, do you think he brings anything that? Hey, man, I was thinking we could do this. What I will say, maybe is, in Finn's case, he did because he wanted to work with him. I don't know, but what I will say is, it's been a nice rule of thumb between who is who is the mid card and who is the top guys because the past several matches where people have told a good story, AJ, Samoa Joe, Finn against Brock Lesnar, you know they're the real deal. Like it's it's a it's a proving thing, which is why everyone wants to face Brock. Like that's like people's dream. Now I what feel about like more the Debra Brock the title. Compare, I thought it was great storytelling as well. To the AJ and I, I liked it as well. Uh, it was a, it was a good change of pace because they kept Debray heel, and uh, you know we've seen all these other small guys, the small face, you know, a million dives, AJ Finn, a million dives to Brock and. You're going to attack that stomach and, you know, other things, a low blow or something. But, yeah, the D-Bride match was different, which is why I liked it. Uh, it also kind of really started the new Daniel Bryan era. Yeah, it was real, a night. Yeah. He, he used that as a segue and said Brock beat the week out of him in his promo. Right. But, uh, 
But yeah, I like that. It was refreshing. But all these guys were naming, they told us a new story. And it was just, it was cool. And they all had their own things. you're just disappointed that Seth didn't bring more to the table. Yes. Yeah, you Seth thought it would have been bigger. literally only low-blowed him and curb-stomped. Like, seriously. Three times. Gave you him three curb-stomps. You've had three months to ponder this match. You couldn't think of a better angle with Brock? Well, yeah. well, I, I mean, mean look, I don't know looking that. at it, looking at it, I feel like... You Obviously, know, the low they didn't blow, have a lot of time. The low blow and the three curb stomps was enough. I mean, I get what you're saying. I like the three curb stomps I, I get what at you're the saying, end. Uh, but you got to look. Cool. You got to yeah. look at it well, like this. That, like the, he- every, the head stomps. Every, everybody that's faced, <laughs> everybody that's faced Brock. It's like they've always tried to you know get a long match out of him. Whereas with Seth, low blow, curb stomp, curb stomp, curb stomp. One, two, three. He took him out quick. You know what I'm saying? He took Brock out before Brock could really get anything in on. I mean, like, they did the stuff on the outside anything of the in ring. On them. I, I mean... Well, what I'm trying to say, because it's like in most of Brock's matches, it's like, you know, everybody, like, they try to hit him with all this stuff, and then it's like they fail. They always yeah. fail in the end. Whereas with this, you know, shit, if... I'm sorry. I usually don't cuss, so forgive me for saying that. If I give James a low blow right now, yeah. and I hit him with three of my finishers... Before he has any time to you know, recover or do anything, Brock he's beat done. The, Brock beat the piss out of him though for three minutes before that happened, which yeah. is why that Literally, doesn't make it as Seth cool. Literally, Seth got nothing in except for the low, the low blow, blow yeah. and the curb stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't like that. I want. I wanted more of a story. I expected more out of these two. But I will say... Especially since they faced before in a one-on-one. Yeah. Where, I mean, Seth did get demolished in that match. Yeah. And then they had the triple threat with Brock, um, John Cena, and... Oh, that uh, was another Seth fantastic at the match. Rumble, at the Rumble, that was... Psh, what That year was one of the matches of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one so of the matches good. of the year. So, but I think a lot of it has to do with, clearly, they only had four or five minutes to do the match. So, and I think that plays a big factor in what they could have done. Yep. So a lot of great valid points made between all three of us, but yeah, uh, I feel like everyone and, as a whole, as far as just what happened in between the ropes, expected honestly, more. And I guess we're going into the main event already: Kofi versus Seth. Because here comes Kofi. But as that like match obviously was lackluster, and like I said, it was you know the match itself was two minutes and thirty seconds. I think the next match, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, was even more lackluster as far as the bigger pictures involved. I like, enjoyed the match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, like, I mean, it was a decent match. But I, I know that they faced each other before. Ain't nobody could. AJ Styles has as amazing as he is has yet to still have a WrestleMania match that you're going to say this is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches. Well, let's of all see time. what he had the match against the Shane. one against Jericho was. Um, or that was his first. That Jer- was his first mania. The one against Mia. Jericho. It was Mia. Oh, yeah, the yeah, one with Shane McMahon was Mia. Um, and then the one against Nakamura Shensuke. was the finisher ruined that match. Honestly, yeah. But but at the same time, like he had a the Jericho match. He had a match against Jericho. It's like, is that you know who is that on? You have to put some blame on AJ. You know. Yeah. You have or a you match at Mania. Yeah, you have a match at Mania. No, on AJ. Oh yeah, if I know. AJ I, has a I'm match at Mania AJ right now for still yet. Oh yeah, four WrestleMania okay. Still I thought you were blaming the opponent. No, I'm no, sorry. no. I'm talking about AJ because I'm sorry. They they compare AJ to Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Yeah, I love AJ Styles, but on the grandest stage of them all, he has underperformed for four years in a row now. Yep. 
And it's I like, agree. dude, when are you going to step up and really he give still us that ha- match? He still hasn't had that big match at Mania yet. Yeah. It's like he's when he just, first and came in the company. And it's not like they're not giving him opponents. Like We just named him. Yeah. Jericho. She's not saying Shane's this. Well, bro, I mean, well, bro, look it, what Miz did with Shane, though. Thank you. Shane, people can make, you know, applesauce out of apples, but AJ hasn't lived up, especially lately. Uh, I thought his Kevin Owens feud was a little lackluster. Yeah. Uh, he had a great match or two against Samoa Joe, maybe some of his best matches in the company. But then he and had then a that couple... match against Brock, like you brought up earlier. That's Brock Brock match was good. It was good. so good. But uh, he's had a couple feuds where I feel like they just went too long. I was they like AJ should have got I a better match. I think it's because the roster itself. A good no, a good example is the Debray feud. Right. Out of their four matches, there might have been one good match, right. and I'm not even sure if there was one. And that's one. the SmackDown one where Debray won the title in my probably, opinion. Probably, probably. Because of the turn. Yeah. And all right, so yeah, we've all said it. That match was Mia. Yeah. I, you said you liked it, Banks. Yeah, I thought, but it, was, I thought it was okay. It, I mean, to me it's just it was once again AJ underperforming. Dude, the next match one of my favorite matches of the night. And it, was Uso, the, it was the fatal. It, it was the fatal four way tag. This match man. wasn't even announced. Like Usos weren't even on the card. I know. To finally, they're getting the respect that they get. I know. We had talked about this on on last week's podcast. Where we did the preview. Where we did uh, the predictions of the uh, the matches and the Usos. Like you said, they weren't even. They weren't even. Yet. They weren't even announced. Neither was and those we, Raw and tag we, titles. And we said that yeah, if they do have a match, it's probably going to be on the pre show. But it was awesome that. They had a match on the main on the main show because the Usos have even the New Day have always talked about how they have always been on the pre-show of right. WrestleMania, and last year was the first time that they were actually on. And they the put main on a hell show. of a match last year. Last year was and them, the New Day, and the Bludgeon year. Brothers. And but how many, this one, how many was fatal awesome. four-way tag matches can you sit there and say, "Man, that was so good"? It doesn't happen too often. It was really good, man. So to have a fatal four-way tag team match like that, Usos, Bar, Ricochet, and Black, and Nakamura, and, Ru- and Rusev. Yeah. Such a great match. Usos have retained. My unsung, my unsung heroes of that match, by the way, are Nakamura and Rusev. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they got the short end of the stick the most of this because who who knows how much they even wanted to be a tag team, unlike the rest of the teams. Like, uh, the rest of the teams don't really care about their situations, but Nakamura and Rusev are two people who were legit fighting for main event spots. Yeah. And they're they still were not even together. a legit tag team as far as the yeah. other three that they are were in just, the match. They but were just put together. Right. They came out with great looking matching gear. Yeah, yeah, you brought that up. Did some great moves together. Like, they were very cohesive. I was very, very surprised. They were my favorite part of that match because I was not expecting them to be able to compete on the level of the bar, Usos, Alistair Ricochet. Alistair and Ricochet obviously don't have that type of cohesiveness yet. But what But the tag team to me makes sense. Yeah. As far as they they came up together in NXT. Yeah. And even though they were thrown together in the um the Dusty Roads yeah. tag team thing, so was Ciampa and Gargano yeah. and look Ciampa, what they Gargano, turned that into. Joe and Finn. There's been a long history of the Dusty Rhodes tag team title uh, tournament, they make random tag teams of two of the best wrestlers in NXT. Did it again. It was great. Uh, great spot with the bar. Uh, taking different wrestlers and Sheamus doing his uh, 
clubbing oh, yeah, over like the rope. Yeah, and don't forget the drawing at the same time. Somebody, somebody counted. Yeah, how many and was it? They said it was like 80, 80 swings for Ricochet. I'm, it was a good like two, Bro. three minutes. And before we move on from this match, just want to give a shout out to Rusev and Lana for the comic book deal. That they got going on where they're doing their own comic book. That's awesome. And like, is it, yeah, who was who it with? I don't, I don't remember all the details. Lana it, announced it, might be it with on because Lana, you know, she's wearing the Wonder Woman. She was wondering what, yeah, the Wonder gear. Woman stuff. But yeah, they're doing a comic book, like their own comic book. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's I know good for CM them. CM Punk did the Drax thing, but they're doing like their own comic book. So it's not like piggybacking off of something. They're yeah. doing their own thing. So, so moving along, the next match we had was Shane McMahon and The Miz. And, bro, like that so match good. was really, so really good. good. It was it's Shane's like, best match since he's been back in the company. You had The Miz's dad get involved with the match. Good old and, George. And it was it was funny. Like, I wasn't expecting The Miz's dad to, you know, hop the barricade. And come to his son's defense, and you know Shane told him to get in the ring, and Shane remember he 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 helped him, he fixed his his gesture, and then still beat him up. So, and, I, but and then for Miz, you know, to do the suplex off the camera oh my God. thing all the way to yes. the bottom of the floor. So, no, the whole brawl on that. It was and the so crowd good. was so good, so good, man. Props to Miz. I'm glad that he's getting his respect. Yeah, he's been killing it for five years. Six years, somewhere in there. Now, this match was not anything I expected because uh, the past several Miz matches, they've been building up Miz's technical in-ring work. He's been doing springboard moves and all types of crazy stuff the Miz doesn't do. And they've been showing off. They've been milking it. Had a couple promos with the Usos pretty much saying that, you know, you can't wrestle. Like, they've been downplaying his wrestling but Miz has gotten better in the ring uh, consistently over time. So coming into this match, I thought this was going to be a huge coming out party with the Miz, just doing but it was some just a brawl. moves we never saw. Yeah, yeah but it was, it was a brawl. brawl and never it was seen, great. Miz has never whooped anybody's ass like that ever. <laughs> I've never and, seen the Miz in a brawl match. And, yeah. and this goes back to because we talked about this on our prediction as well. This was the first WrestleMania match for the Miz, the single single match that he's had. Since his match against Cena. Cena at WrestleMania 27. And talk about the difference from that match to this match. This match blew that match out of the water. In all fairness, he did get a concussion and got knocked out in the middle of that match. Hey, but at least he could say he had a moment with The Rock in that match. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. So, how much of that match was he even coherent? Yeah. You know, to have a match, so... But, yeah, that, hey, that was a really good and enjoyable match and between the nice Miz. Speaking of and, things we talked about in the WrestleMania preview, what did I say about the Iconics? You really think they're going to win? No, nobody's picking them to win. Because I said, I said that they have a chance of who winning. Who would have thought that they were going to? Who did, who did I yeah. choose? Nia Jax and uh, Tamina? Yeah. Yeah, same as me. Okay. And, I, I mean, that match... It was, it was good. I, I loved it was that good. match. It was good. It was a lot of It was, a lot it was of one good. of my favorite matches of the night, surprisingly, because I thought it was going to be one of the worst matches of the night. Like, but it, it was, was good. I'm glad the Iconics got the They had the WrestleMania moment. Them. My it, only complaint it, about that is the Iconics didn't get to do a whole lot in that match. Yo, when Nia Jax went up to the top rope, like I remember we were sitting there watching. I was like, man, I don't think Nia Jax is ever gone up top. Yeah, she did when she faced Alexa, Alexa Bliss, Bliss last year. She, she, did? Did the, she did the Samoan drop off the top of the rope, and that's well, what she, she won. Did, she won at the top. She yeah, was on the she, second no, rope. No, she was at the top. She was at the top? Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. But I, I, remember, I don't remember it, but I thought this was her first time going up to the top. 
And I was expecting her to come off the top with the uh, Superfly. And if she would have, like, that would have been so badass. But when she got knocked down, like, I was I was really scared. I thought she was going to die, but she didn't. Uh, and Nia Jax is still here with us. I'll, let's skim over the next match and go to it match? last. You know what the next match is. Uh, okay, let's we'll skim save over that. that. Yeah, we'll save yeah. that one we'll for last. We'll save that for later. Okay. And go on to the Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, we don't, we don't really need to talk about Mysterio. it. So we can skip that match too. Uh, the only thing that. Oh, we can was, skip the Roman the, Reigns. The, the only, and, the only oh, cool, skip that. The only cool thing about the Joe and Rey Mysterio was the entrance, like you had talked about in the predictions. He came out dressed as Mysterio. Which oh, was yeah. crazy. Which, yeah. was, which was cool. So. That was the only good thing about that match, for real. And this ain't the, you know, crap on Roman Reigns. It just wasn't a good match. It wasn't anything. And then... Uh, and then it's a shame to see that this was Batista's last match. Because it was... His retirement match. It was bad. Damn. It was too long. That was nuts. <laughs> well, hold up, man. You know what, guys? It's like... They I, had a couple I, I, cool hold, spots. Hold on real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold By on. the way, while we're talking, we're getting an amazing Ama- match. Oh! See, and you called it something was going to happen just who expected the bar to come out and beat up Kofi right now. Holy crap. Especially at, you know, the Raw 1050. After yeah, I'm very confused out of what, everyone. What are they doing with this? So Out of well, everyone who could have. It's, it's like, I know that we said we were going to save the match for last. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. But we don't have to talk about it. We could talk about it last. The match that we skipped was the Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, they match. knew what one we skipped. And, <laughs> and they my, knew. And if you like, watch wrestling, you know. And it's like you know, y'all are saying that you know we have to you know these other matches we can skip and everything, and they yeah. weren't as good. But the reason why we had that feeling about these matches was because the Kofi and Bryan match was so hot, and like everybody in the room. And you that know, definitely the, paid a, a big factor into the rest of the show. You can't tell me Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle was a good match. You can't tell me that the Triple H and Batista. Oh, they're going to make this a tag match now. Weird, though, that the bar would come out and now they're going to make this a tag match. Seth and Kofi versus the bar. Well, they're probably going to have the match at the pay-per-view now. I still think something's going down. Yeah. Something else has to happen. No way this is how they end Raw with Kofi and Seth just beating the bar. Like, something's going down. Adam Cole, baby! But, yeah, Triple H and Batista is very lackluster. And then for Batista to announce on Twitter... Batista always... You know that this was his last match. Batista slipped when he was trying to get into the ring as well. And people have that made, ain't got nothing to do with people the match. People have made though. memes. That's and said, just people trying to nitpick. That has nothing to do with the match. But no, but no, it does because he he did a second take on it, which was cool. You know, and well, he, he made, made it a little sure, funny. Yeah, he made it funny. So we got to give him that too. But uh, yeah, but because of the Kofi and Brian match, it's like the other matches that followed it. It's they oh. were kind of. Yeah, it's a shame. Didn't have, we didn't have right, that. You can say that, but it's a shame that this was. Angle's final farewell slash not really because he showed up on Raw tonight and got beat up by Lars. So and then we had we that. had Finn Balor versus the most Bobby underrated Lashley. match on the Finn card. Finn Balor came out as the demon because it was really good. And yes, yes, the demon since, Bobby Lashley since he's been on the really main roster, yes. the demon has been undefeated in every match that he's been yep. in. He, the match with AJ. The match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, where Finn won the Universal Title. Yeah. Uh, what other? The, uh, the match he well, had he was with Baron do Corbin. Bray, the match. But, the match he had with Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. I believe those are the only three times he's been the Demon, right? Uh, AJ Corbin. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, and Seth Rollins. Yeah, AJ Corbin Rollins. So it's just those three times so this he's the fourth been the demon. Time. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the fourth time. Yeah, so he's been undefeated every time he's been the demon. And I but really, it was a good match. I really like how they're going with this. And it's like, it's going to have to be somebody big that's going to finally have to yep. be the one that's going to defeat the demon. But I think somebody who, the, the person who defeats the demon is not on the roster currently. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So, or, or they're in NXT right now. Yeah. And when they do finally come up, it's going to be a big deal when they have that match against the Demon at whatever big show. We already know it's either going to be at SummerSlam, Mania, yeah, much respect to Finn for hitting the powerbomb on Lashley. Oh, yeah. Things that, was that he doesn't yeah. normally do. Props to Lashley for... Making Finn look like a million Dude, bucks, really you know. Yeah. Squash Bobby, matches aren't Bobby as easy as everyone exactly. thinks they and are. Bobby looked good, too. It yeah. wasn't yeah. like he looked like some bum. Yeah. Looked just good enough. Bobby, he looked like Debo coming out there. He had oh, the contacts, the contacts in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the contacts is cool. I wish he would have put a little bit more thought into the whole ensemble. Yeah. But the contacts You think he should have wore cool. a tank top? No, just something. <laughs> I don't know what he should have done. You came out with a flannel and a bike. Yeah, you think he should have came out on a bike with a flannel? You got to saying Debo, think, but it really was think, like, you know, like a werewolf thing. And yeah, no, I, I really you. feel like he should have. Do you think Leo Rush should have came out to the ring with, and, the, with the postman and outfit on? And then, like, Bobby could have snatched his chain yeah. and be like, what chain? Is that, my, my mama gave me that chain. So, and then. And then we had the main, the main event, event of WrestleMania, Becky Lynch. Charlotte. All we need and to talk Ronda about Rousey. right now well, is yo, Charlotte's Charlotte entrance came on, on that, that helicopter. helicopter. Mm. It was sweet. Like the last time she gave you that wink. The last time we seen somebody come to the ring in a helicopter was the Shield when there was a show in uh, the U- I believe it was the UK, and they came to the ring in a helicopter. Well, not literally in the ring, but you know what I mean. Their entrance was in a helicopter, so that it was reminded p- me of the John Cena driving to the arena. Do you really um, think that was him driving the car? No, of course not. It was. No, it wasn't. Yes, did, you, it was. did you guys hear on the dirt sheets that that helicopter entrance was playing homage to her father? He no, he came in uh, oh, one of that, the bash, what, bashes no, at the beaches. Oh, okay. Uh, he came in in a helicopter in WCW. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that until well, I read that. She always does the peacock that pays homage to his last match. Yeah, yeah, she does a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, this particular. But that's the thing entrance, about Charlotte; it's she doesn't want to be compared to her dad, but yet everything about her pays homage to her dad. I mean, so but that's cool like, though. But which one do yeah. you want? Do you want to be compared to him or not? If you don't want to be compared to him, get your own finisher, get your own thing. Well, you if wanna- you're going to continue to pay homage to him and everything you do. Then accept that people compare you to. Well, him. she's gonna do one thing that he was never able to do. She's going to become a 17-time champion. <laughs> I mean, the way yeah. that it's shaping up. Yeah. And that's one thing you know, that he's never... So what'd you think of this match? I thought it was a good match. It was decent. Just the ending. Yeah, the ending left the a lot ending. of fans disappointed. Yeah, I personally am on the... For anybody who saw the ending where Ronda's shoulders wasn't down, I don't think it was a botch. I think they purposely did that to protect Ronda. And now they can circle back and be like, my shoulders weren't down. Because when they rematch. showed the replay... They specifically zoomed in on the shoulders. Yeah. If Vince really, if it was a real botch, Vince would make sure you don't show that. Show a different angle. Vince would have came out there like he did at the Royal no, Rumble. No, that's too much. When now. Batista and Cena went over the rope at the same but, time. You know, in typical fashion, we got the, Char- the Charlotte tears after the match. Yeah. In typical fashion. Becky looked good. I just think the crowd was dead by the oh, time yeah. the match came on and. 
That's why her victory wasn't as loud as it was. Yeah. Because the crowd was just kind of dead. Now, let's go to the true main the event true ma- of WrestleMania. Now, don't say that. Because the tr- the tr- it's the true main it's event. It's the true main event. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, like, Unfortunately, w- no, let me go into this just a little bit real quick. Unfortunately, WWE, they built a feud uh, three months early to WrestleMania. And that three months, a lot of stuff can happen on the show. And if another more organic feud happens within that time closer to the show, people are going to be more hyped for for that moment. I feel like if the scenarios were vice versa, if they had built up a Kofi-Daniel Bryan feud for as long as they did uh, Charlotte-Becky, and they had an organic feel of a Becky push, then... You know, people would look at the women's match as the main event. Yeah. But just by, you know, happenings and the fact that Kofi was never supposed to get this spot, Ali yeah. got injured, it was very organic, it was closer to the show. You know, if you think back on this buildup, they had to drag out this Charlotte-Becky-Ronda feud. And that's why a lot of people aren't as hype on it as the Kofi feud between having... Becky win the Rumble, well, but then think, she lost her match. But even before then, then, though, it's been really building since Survivor Series yes, when it was supposed yes, to yeah. be. When they pushed, the, when she pushed the ladder. So, I mean, we're over. talking about November. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, if anything, sorry, Kofi Bryant has been built up for two months. Their feud has been built up for for Becky Charlotte. Ron has built up for four or five months, and it's just like at a, a certain point in time, you just kind of lose a little interest. But, uh, yeah, this Kofi uh, Debray feud, very organic, all started by Mustafa Ali getting injured. Every time these two have gotten in the ring, there are certain wrestlers who just have chemistry. Yeah. Who would have ever expected Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston to have the chemistry that they have? We've gotten spoiled with Daniel Bryan matches recently. He's been in the ring with people like AJ Styles, The Miz. The Miz. And we thought we would get the type of chemistry that we got from D-Bry Kofi. But no, anytime Daniel Bryan and Kofi are in a ring, it is must-see. Started at a gauntlet match on SmackDown on a whim because Ali got injured. That went for an hour. Yeah, the gauntlet went for an hour, but D. Brian Kofi opened up the match for 20 minutes right. and gave us a classic. And then after that, they met each other again at the end of Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. had a great had a great uh, final 10, 20 minutes uh, Kofi, going blow for blow. Kofi Kofi got everybody the, thought Kofi was going to win. Everybody wanted Kofi to win. Yeah. But it didn't no, happen. No, I don't think any of us. Well, I didn't feel like Kofi was going to win Elimination man, Chamber. There was, there I was, thought he had a chance. There was people who thought he had a chance of winning. Not he was going to win, and but he had I think a that's why he got the standing ovation. It's yeah. just like, we knew you weren't going to win, but you deserve it. Much respect, bro. Yeah. And you then, know the, what I then mean? the fall on SmackDown happened, and Kofi got his shot at the title. So this is my... My only nitpick with the match is they had Vince for weeks tearing Kofi down, trying any way to get him to not win the belt. Why Vince doesn't run down at some point in the match to try and Because we didn't intervene? need that, man. You do when he's been, we didn't he's need been the that. reason why he wasn't getting the title shot. Well, let me throw this in. Vince coming out to some fans might feel like if Hogan came out. Yeah. People are very uh, open about thinking that Vince is racist. But that's there, ridiculous. There are though. a lot of ex-wrestlers with stories that are like first-hand shooting saying, 
yeah, Vince is racist. I forget the most recent one I saw, but it was of somebody who was in the company recently who I didn't expect. It wasn't even a black person. It was someone from a different race who was just like, I've op- I think it was, I think it might have been Conan, but I can't remember. But it was somebody but who. How much of that is like legit stuff, and how much of that is like bitterness? I'm I mean, not saying that you, it's not legit claims. There, there's a lot saying, of there's just a lot of suspect uh, scenarios. Yeah, all you can do is bits. just take their word for it or don't take it at all. But, yeah, that's I all mean, you can do. I mean, some of the biggest black stars like Farouk, Mark Henry. Um, yeah. What's the Tony Atlas? They love Vince. They talk about how great their relationship is with Vince. So you yeah, do but get everybody that? everybody has a different story, though. right? And, that, and that's and what that, I'm and saying. And that's the though. thing for everybody that loves Vince. There's people that hate him. There's just no way. And of course, Kofi and Seth just won. There's no. This was a great raw, by the way. But there's yeah. no way this is just how it ends. Like both people holding up the this belt. Is dope. Something's Seth gonna Rollins happen is right about now. To turn heel. Some, no. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think any anything's sense. gonna happen only because of their deal with USA right now. They gotta end at eleven. It just turned eleven. But yeah, going back to the Kofi and Brian match, I mean, you know, just from the entrances alone, it's like everybody at my house was hyped. Everybody yeah. at my house was prepared for this. Yeah. You had a guy named Travis who was in here wanting people to turn and I didn't want Hogan, people to turn I Hogan gave a prediction and all this other stuff but the match okay I guess I'm ma- wrong this is how it's ending the match was they amazing at 11. the match was amazing you know we got Kofi who is finally you know the WWE champion after being in the company for 11 years like I love like the whole story with this because Kofi is just one of those guys. It's like he's been with the company, and through all these years, it's like you know you always wanted to see Kofi just finally be at the top. And I, you know, as a wrestler and as a fan, I was so happy when Kofi won the title. Especially mm. that's a new episode too, coming on right now. It's going to be good. Yeah, this is that ta- <laughs> table for three with um, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, and um, Ricochet. Ricochet. But go on what you were saying. But, yeah, um, you know, like I said, you know, just being a wrestler and being a fan, like, I was so happy to see Kofi finally win that title. He broke through the glass ceiling that he had been at for so many years, and now he's WWE champion. And, you know, being black as well like this is a huge moment because you know growing up it's like you know people say that you know the rock is the first black wwe champion wwf champion but me growing up man it's like i didn't know that the rock was black i always thought that he was samoan you know what i'm saying i didn't watch wwf during the days when he was with the nation of domination so i never saw any of that stuff i always thought the rock was samoan that's what they were always pushing on TV was that, you know, his... That, he's his, from this, this great Samoan family. He's from this great you know? Samoan family and everything. I didn't find out that Rock was black until I was a teenager. So, yes, it's like, you know, you can't, you know, push The Rock's accolades out of the way because, you know, The Rock, he was the first black WWF champion. But, you know, Kofi... But we're talking about straight. My mom's black. Yeah, my dad's, my dad's black. black. Kofi is the first black WWF champion in a lot of people's eyes. And by him becoming WWF champion, not WWF because we're talking about WWF, by him becoming WWE champion, this right here just goes to show that, you know, anybody black can become WWE champion now. And I saw this this really cool meme earlier, not meme, but a tweet where 
this kid saw Kofi win at Mania last night, and he put the WWE title over his shoulder and was like, I can be a WWE champion now because Kofi is WWE champion. I really thought that that was cool because it's really it's for the culture, man. It's it's for the culture. I mean, I know a lot of fans were happy that Kofi won the title, man, but it's like it's for the culture. And uh, something else I saw on the internet today is pretty much uh, whether you believe uh, The Rock is the first ever black champ or not. Uh, people have pointed pointed out that Kofi is the first ever black Grand Slam champion, no matter yeah, how you true. slice it. Yeah. So, but. There's no that that's your way around that loophole of people saying, Oh well the rock's black, but, but no, the, like the rock would be a grand slam champion too. He, right? he never won the European. Yeah, he's not a grand never slam won the, champion. Never or never won whatever extra fourth title there was. US, European. His first title was the IC. And Right. Yeah. Because and what's crazy with the Rock, it wasn't he wasn't Grand Slam because he wasn't good enough. It was just he it was, was never that belt in the was position. below him. Yeah, yeah at the time. <laughs> he, yeah. he just became such a star. Yeah, so it just turns out, you know, Kofi is the first ever Black Grand Slam champion. Uh, never thought we would, you know, see Either. the day. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like for me, like I compare it to when Obama became president. Like he was the first Black president. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you know this is big. I mean. Big. And you know the same night that the woman main evented, yep. you know, so, so that, like, I mean, it was just was, a groundbreaking so WrestleMania. It was two right. big moments for Mania because it, it's like I was just talking with my tag partner earlier about this. It's like you got to look at like all of the female fans that have you know been fans for years, and like for them to finally see that there are women main eventing. A WWE pay per view, a big WWE. Pay- I mean, they've main evented WWE pay per views before, but this is the grandest stage of them all. This is WrestleMania, yeah. and like for young and for young girls to see that there are women headlining WrestleMania, you know, a, a event that has never had females main event ever. Like this is a huge <laughs> moment. So it's like two huge moments: WrestleMania thirty five. And in my opinion, it's the best WrestleMania that we've had in years. Yeah, I think we'll say it since 31. And I saw that on the internet a lot. It's the best WrestleMania since 31. All right, real quick before we wrap this up, what'd y'all think of Raw tonight? Uh, from what I saw. From what we saw, we did a lot of yeah. talking. Okay. I thought it was, okay. was great. It was a good Raw. But it wasn't a good Raw, Raw after Mania. T- Thank you. I will It was a good that. Raw because Raw nine times out of ten is not very good. As far as Raw after Mania... Compared to how good WrestleMania was last night, it's been one of one of the last the lackluster raw. Nobody came up. Well, let me let me interject. The reason why they didn't give us everything they had for us because they're doing the shakeup next week. If this was a normal Raw after Mania, they would have gave us everything. Last year they did the shakeup after Mania, right? Yes, yes, they did. But this time, you know, they basically said, "Hey, let's make Raw after Mania two Raws." And they gave us 50% of what they have to offer. And now, next week, we're going to get the other 50%. So, for what they're trying to do, I was very impressed. Yeah, it was a good for no raw. For no call-ups, I was very, Minus very impressed. Lars, but that's not a real call-up. Because yeah, he, he was he already called up before, yeah. but due to you know personal issues, it just yeah. didn't come yeah. to fruition. So, so, what was y'all favorite Mania match? Well, uh, once again, Kofi. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, but aside up. from that, it was the Usos. Yeah, tag yeah. team. Match. My my favorite uh, moments matches were the Iconics winning because knowing where they came from. Uh, you know, to us, we focus on because we're American. We focus on the obvious uh, wins of the night, m- women main eventing, and you know there being a, an African American. Uh, Grand Slam champion, but for two young Australian girls to become top stars in the WWE is such a far-fetched dream. I've seen so many uh, after-the-show interviews with these girls, and these girls are just show, just struck with emotion. Like, can't believe that you know their high school dreams came true like if you're living on the other side of the world it pretty much seems far-fetched that right, exactly. one day i can do this i literally have to move 20 20 hours away from where i live 20 hour plane flight and grind because no one knows me in australia and uh to make it where they've made it they've earned their spot by killing it and what they've been given promo spots being interesting even from the the entrances they were given the shaft with this with this match and with this spot but the entrances they were the only girls that like looked cool like they came out with the malevolent or whatever yeah i don't know what peyton royce was yeah there was something together but the point is out of all four women they're the only one they're the only team with cool looking gear yeah and they've just made the most of every opportunity they had so i was very very proud of the iconics i was proud of finn balor for making the most of what him and lashley making the most a bad spot out of what the worst spot on the card how the worst spot in the card is not anywhere close to the most boring moment of the night is beyond me like they did the damn thing. Props to Finn. Props to Lashley. And but of everyone knows, of course, the main spot of the night was was Kofi. Kofi uh, there was so much thought put in that match. You know, if you're if you're uh, judging technical expertise, it wouldn't be a perfect like on the level of a ten out of ten New Japan or NXT match. But what I will say is, it, it felt like a ten out of ten WWE match derived on big spots. Uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, grappling wrestling was very smooth. Did a couple of really insane looking uh, lion tamer walls. Jericho's nice, nice, nice uh, holds like that. Taking advantage of uh, Kofi's build and his skinny slenderness was able to just bend this man like a pretzel and make it look really gruesome. Uh, so some cool spots with that. A cool spot with Kofi hawking up. And, of course, you know, after the match, you knew that we were going to be just overcome with emotion. Cool spots with Kofi's kids. Cool spots with the unveiling of the new title. Before the match ended, you know, you had your little run-in between Rowan and Biggie and uh, Xavier Woods, which, you know, was inv- was inevitable. It was going to happen. Uh, Biggie but it didn't, like, affect up. the match, though. That, and that's why I liked it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It didn't affect the match too much. It was just enough to get them a little spot. Which, by the way, is a side note, this was probably the biggest moment of Rowan's career. For which sure. is pretty nuts to say. Like, he was involved with the biggest match of the night. So, you know, I don't think he's the best wrestler or anything or, or interesting. But shout out to Rowan for, you know, getting to, to shine a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so that was the best moment of the night. Kofi, uh... You know, he showed people that anything is possible. You can achieve your ge- dreams. And that is one thing. Thinking back on the two big moments of the night, the the uh, women's match and the Kofi's match, 
and and Kofi and Brian. Um, you can tell with Kofi and Brian that they put a lot of thought into all the spots. Yeah. When I think about Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte, I don't see any thought put in any spots. There's well, do, no. Do you think it's because Ronda and Becky have legit Pete? I don't know, but there was it, no spot. Even if that's not the case, because at worst comes to worst, we know Charlotte and Becky are tight. Right. Worst comes to worst, there was no memorable spot of the women's match. And it wasn't the worst match ever. Like, there were cool moves, but there was no memorable storytelling spot. Yeah. And it's just like the only thing we remember is the fall that was not good looking. Right. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, Kofi just. Kofi and D-Broad just took and, all the and air out of it. had that Charlotte versus cool. Sasha Hell in a Cell feel where it's supposed to be this iconic thing and it didn't live up to what it should have been. Yep. Not to put the pressure yeah. on, because, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But it just didn't live up to what it should what you thought it was going to be. They did a good job of breaking the ice, you know, being the first ever woman main event, woman's main event. Now I want to see a woman take that to the next level and actually put a lot of thought into this like make it seem like you've had four months to build because if they've been talking about this match for four months i don't know what they've been talking about because nothing happened right, if anything, yeah. maybe they've had long conversations with each other about their entrances which is like because that seems like the only thing they put in any effort in charlotte you know paying homage to her dad and uh, you know, Joan Jett performing for Ronda. Those are really cool things and memorable. Probably the most memorable moment of the match. But we need some women who are uh, that next level of wrestler, uh, indie wrestler. I, I think this next this next group moving up, people like uh, Candice LeRae, people like Kyrie Sane, they really have a mind for wrestling. Right, uh, yes. Quick little side note. Uh, the, the dudes of AEW were just asked recently if they could – take two women's wrestlers from WWE, who would it be? And they immediately said, said Kyrie Singh and Candice LeRae, who uh, were both recently in the uh, Women's Battle Royal, even though they're in NXT. So, yeah, there's some women on deck who are going to come up soon who are going to take what these three women did. Uh, you know, they, they they did something. They they changed history, groundbreaking moment. They're going to take that, and they're going to push it to new, to new levels, just like every generation of wrestlers always does. Yeah. You know, so props to them, but uh, you know we're gonna get better one day, and you know this is just gonna be a footnote. So, Kofi aside, what about you? Favorite match? Uh, Miz versus Shane. Yeah, it was, yeah, definitely it, up there. There was a lot of good, a lot of good back and forth in that match, and the ending was phenomenal. Like that suplex that Miz gave Shane off of the top of the camera thingy. The camera tower, like it was, it was awesome. I wasn't expecting to see that. I was expecting Miz to give Shane the, the this is Sparta kick, right? Yeah, Shane, well, you expected and, and, Shane to jump off of something. Who knew that Miz was going with him? Yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the rematch and whatever they have down the road. But that was my favorite match of the night at Mania. Nice. All right, so so hell wrapping of a this up. Yeah, it was a good weekend. It Great was a lot weekend. of wrestling going on, and mind you, I did wrestle on Saturday. That's the reason yes. why. I, that's the reason why I didn't watch um, G1. the G One. Uh, me and Diamond Victor Griff at Fusion Wrestling here in uh, Saluda, Virginia, and uh, we lost unfortunately. But yeah, that's what we were doing. We were wrestling Golden Pinky Society. Pinky's up. So before we roll out, James, tell everybody in social media land where they can find you at uh, on. Social media, uh, 
you can find me on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. I barely use my Instagram. A lot of my URLs are just uh, James Brown Yo for uh, whatever social media site, and then James Brown Yo. But uh, also, uh, I play in a band called uh, Accident Prone. Um, we tour occasionally, and uh, basically, I have a, I have other music projects that are in the works, but haven't been released yet. But uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure if you keep up with these guys and what they're doing, I'll be doing this again, and you'll oh yeah, that's a learn fact. yeah you'll learn all the stuff I'm doing, but. Uh, for now, you I guess you just know me as some dude who who plays a lot of music and watches a lot of wrestling, nerds out on a lot of wrestling, and uh, I'm uh, very just in, intrigued with uh, you know the way the the business is going, and I'm stoked that you know there's other people who are nerding out at this point in time, like uh, Banks and and Travis here, uh, who are you know passionate about this nerdum and. Uh, yeah, man, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. We're about to get AEW. The business is changing. There's all types of breakthroughs. Uh, you know, champions of all ethnicities. Ethnicities getting chances that don't usually, whether it's, uh, you know, Kofi being black or someone like Mustafa Ali, who's originally supposed to be in this main event picture. So, uh, yeah, it's a wild time to be a fan. And I'm just another fan just like anyone else, you know. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. No it was problem. Cool man. having you up Two here. Of my best That's right. This was another live action edition of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And before before me and Trav roll out, you can find us in social media land at Leveling Up with Benjamin on Instagram and Leveling Up with Banks on Twitter. My personal Instagram and Twitter is KingBenji underscore Banks. And you can also find me on Facebook as Benjamin Banks. And Trav, where can they find you at? You can find me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash CK Audio. Oh, Lord. And you can get this uh, this Facebook podcast at Leveling Up Banks. Yeah, yeah I forgot about the Facebook. You forgot about the Facebook. I forgot to shout Put out my... Uh, I forgot to shout out my band's social media. If anything, I'd rather you find me through band social media type stuff uh facebook.com slash accident prone va uh twitter.com slash accident prone va instagram.com slash accident prone va uh yeah that's the best way to keep up with what i'm doing musically for the most part right now but got more stuff uh, on the way to unveil and uh yeah man just keep listening to this i'm sure you'll hear me again so <laughs> all right Again, thank you for joining us. That's right. Trav, thank you for being a good host today. As always. And then, uh, now I'm literally about to upload this for everybody. And, and that's we're good it. To go. So we hope you all enjoy this. And we'll see you soon. Or you'll hear us soon. Either or. You know what time it is. Whoa, 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 whoa.